One of my friends, uh, I'll talk about it on the podcast. Oh, but the podcast has already started. Oh, it's so weird. Oops. So. And I, and I, and I, and I, hey, so, Chris. Hey. This this is Spencer. Oh, hey, Spencer. <laughs> <laughs> That's what they did. Oh, I said oh, I was no. going to get you. <laughs> did, did I respond appropriately? Yeah. Hey, Spencer. Because <laughs> <laughs> she says, hey, Georgia. And she's like, oh, hi, Carrot. <laughs> I died. And it's for a fucking commercial. Oh. I was like, you goddamn bitches doing so it's it. It's not even like the real. No. Like, Bailey. Bailey. Why do you want to go outside so bad? I hope that my mic is not hot and I just screamed like, Bailey. Bailey. Everyone, everyone in their car is like, fuck. No, I think I fixed it. Okay, good. And I need to, because it gets louder when I turn on a third mic and there's mm-hmm. no third mic. So I need to make sure when That's it's only just us off? two, oh, this one is, okay. is low. How is that? How does that work then? I don't fucking know. Hmm. Bailey, stop! So Spencer is watching uh, his mom's dog, and she's yelling. She is not happy about being here right now. She, yeah, I think Kathy, I, she misses you. She does. I think she misses being at home too. I don't think she That's likes true. living in the city. <laughs> I can't breathe. It's too much in, smog. What is that song? Carolyn in the city? No. Sex in the city? So, mm, I don't know. Bailey in the city? Ba- Bailey in the city. <laughs> Bailey in the city. Stop it. <laughs> what? That's what she's That's what that's she's, what she's, that's what right she's singing. She's that's living she her said. best life. She took the midnight train going anywhere? I mean, we don't have trains. so well, We got three. There's one not too far from here. Is, is it a train? A little train or it's like a stationary truck? A tram? Amtrak? It's a tram. Streetcar. Street. It's, a street it's on car. a track. It's a streetcar named Desire. <laughs> what? You never saw the movie? No. It has uh, Marlon Brando and Vivian Lee. I know neither of those people. Marlon Brando was the Godfather, and Vivian Lee was Scarlett O'Hara from Gone with the Wind. Oh, okay. I've seen Gone with parts of Gone with the Wind. I have oh not God, seen that I whole movie because it's movie. too fucking long. It's three hours long. Yeah. <laughs> Clap. So, um, why don't we just? Or, or wait, no. Wait, wait. Ah! What? How was your date? Oh, God. I was hoping How that we'd forgotten date, about that. you bitch? <laughs> we know we don't like to delve too much into Chris's personal life. And we don't, that, I mean, but we... we're not talking about the guy you went on the date with. We're talking about you, Chris. Yeah, that's true. Because both of their names are Chris. <laughs> Plot Because twist. that would be the gayest thing that ever <laughs> happened, and it's happening. Uh, yeah, so on Tuesday night, I went out on a date with a guy named Chris. Um, we went to a straight bar. Which is weird. Kind of. Yeah. Why not? Why? Because you don't even drink beer. Well, it, it wasn't just a You said it's a brewery. Only. It wasn't just a brewery. 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 No, it was, uh, I had my gin and tonic and everything was fine. I survived. He said, let me get a Michelob Ultra. And you said... Hey, do you guys have any seltzer water back there? <laughs> Just here, like, seltzer water and lemon. Hey, can I get a can I get a like um, Bud Light, please? <clears throat> and I'm like, do you guys have any um, Shinerbach? And I was like, <laughs> can I have a Janet? <laughs> oh my god, hey girl, <laughs> it's so crazy in here. Do you have any seltzer back there? <laughs> I just need like a white claw. Do I love know? white claw. <laughs> Do you know they have White Claw at... Uh... Eagle. Ah! Yes. The Eagle started selling White Claw and I'm Topo not drinking Chico. gin and tonic. You're, at, you're going at, for White Claw yeah, all the gonna time. I'm going to drink White Claw. Wow. Your Sunday funnies are going to be like a little more tame. I'm going <laughs> to 
make it all the way till 11.30. Yeah, I know. You'll survive past 7.30. Hey. Hey. I've been there before, but we started at 10. Yeah, exactly. We started with brunch. Um, yeah, no, so it was a cute, it was a really good date, actually. I like. I Did you go here in much. town? You went over on the east side. East side, Truck Yard. You know, so we went to a place called Truck Yard. Uh, apparently has like a little Ferris wheel. It wasn't running last night. Um, but no, it was, it was a really cute place. I mean, oh we God, got If outside. it was running, would you have gotten on it? What? Would you have gotten on it? Bitch, maybe. If it was running. You were the gayest You don't know person. my life. You were the gayest person that's yeah, ever no, been. You're welcome. <laughs> you're welcome. Um, no, I like I had a really good time. It was we spent time outside and I got to see the sunset and we had some grilled cheeses and he tried to feed me a crab balls from the food truck that ended up tasting like the crab had been <laughs> um out too long in the the outside air. So oh, I love that. I don't think you did. Um, and then, so we both got, we were leaving. It was like 10, 15-ish. And we got to our cars, and his car didn't start. <laughs> so, uh, and his, yeah, his car was only two years old. And so uh, I stayed to help him um, uh, uh, try and jump that, and then waited for him to, like, get things settled with, like, the towing company and stuff like that. Um, and then I drove him back to his house at League, in League City. So <laughs> it was a nice... Nice little jaunt in early in early mornings, uh, but no, I enjoyed his company a lot, so I didn't wanted to help in any way that I could. So it was okay, cute. Uh, we're gonna pause for a minute. Okay, I'm gonna get the deets that nobody else is allowed to hear. <laughs> to try. Oh my God, salacious! <laughs> just kidding. All the the scary deets. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you just said that you guys hung up the phone and you had a peck on the cheek and went home. Yeah. That's exactly what happened. Yeah. I mean, this is the fifties. That's yep. what should be happening. <laughs> I didn't show any skin the entire date. And then you have to call him on the phone and tell him you had a good time I was tomorrow. Dressed- did you call did you three, call him and tell him you had a good time days. today? He has to wait three days. Oh. Yeah, he's wait three days. So basically by the time this podcast comes out on Sunday, that's when I'll finally call him. Yeah. That's when he'll get a, a, oh, thank a, God. a ring on the telly. Thought you were going to jump the gun. No, I don't want to a... text him all day and make him think that I'm needy or something like that. A devious 1950s homosexual. Yeah, gross. Not doing that. Don't sign me up for that. Well, that's great. I'm glad. Yeah. So a little dive into Chris's personal life. It's going well. <laughs> the fires are being put out slowly and uh, basically the amazon oh, is right that now. a bomb oh. <laughs> never mind oh uh, no we're good um i'm basically the amazon rainforest right now so well apple donated some money to you to me the amazon oh i was like apple <laughs> me apple can't when do me. i get it i will not do anything with apple if apple was offering you money what you wouldn't take it because i would be talking <laughs> I would. i'd sell out baby <laughs> Be like, so what is the latest one? Is that it's it's a ten, an X? Give me that iPhone X. I'll take that. I would like the iPhone X eleven. X plus one, X Y Z. Give me the iPhone X Y Z, please. Thank you. So we have to talk. How fast would you sell out? How fast? Like like, okay. We'll give you a free phone. No, no. We'll give you a thousand dollars plus a phone. Yeah, sure. I'd say pay off my student loans. No, no. Student loans and Girl, my new car. It doesn't mean you have to use it. So? You just have to be like, yeah, Apple's great. Yay. Mm, Apple products. No, but because we have already talked if about I had how to we use don't it, like Apple products. So. I'd take five grand. Five grand on the phone. No, I'd have to say pay off my student loans. That's $26,000. Shit, girl. Your opinion is worth that much? Oh, yeah, girl. 
All right. How much does sure. economy works pay me? Nothing. Nothing. <laughs> Get paid in white claws and hamburgers. Oh, yeah, let's do a commercial. (laughs) Uh, We went through all of them last time, so let me see. Racha Chachui. No, that's not the right one. Keep going. How long ago did he message me? Okay. Um, Hey. Hey, girl. Oh, wait. No, say, hey, it's me. Hey, it's me. Oh, hey. No, you're supposed to say, hey, it's Chris. Oh. Shut the fuck up. Keep going. (laughs) Hey, it's Chris. Oh, hey, Chris. It's Spencer. Hey, are you a small business owner trying to do it all? No, but (laughs) keep going. Take marketing, for example. Nowadays, your business has to have a Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn account, Snapchat, You mean a F-B-I-G-T-W-L-I? All of the above. Who has time to take pictures, write posts, and get them posted online? I fucking don't. Let alone like, 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 like. Comment, share, 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 sitting in a chair, share, Um, share, sitting in a chair, sitting in it, you want that too, Um, and respond to followers. I don't fucking have time for that. Don't worry, Economy Works is here to help. Thank God. Let Economy Works, oh, let the Economy Works Talent Network help you do marketing so you can grow your business. Economy Works. When we work, the economy, economy works. works. Find out more at economy with an I works.com. Uh, yes. <laughs> oh my God. That was a great commercial. I love that. Probably one of my favorites. Also, my favorites are definitely Savannah. <laughs> <She's> like, <laughs> hey. <laughs> no, stop, 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 stop. stop, stop, stop. Hey. Hey. <laughs> never Savannah, we love you. Which dog was that? I don't know. Oh, Bally. Bally. Ballet fitness. Ballet fitness. Bailey. 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 Stop. Hey. Don't look off that window. (laughs) Got him. Okay. Okay, anyway. She ready. She ready. Um, Okay. I just wanted to tell everyone about our weekend, though, too. Oh, yes. We we had our Listen Works retreat this Mm. weekend. Uh, Much relaxation was had. Uh, Tony forgot the red wine. (laughs) Um, And Chris was a fat bitch. So we had a lot of fun. We went to Lake this weekend, oh, and uh, it rained on the last day. But we recorded a podcast for Let's Talk About Gay Stuff. Mm-hmm. Chris did his research for our Rupee podcast mm-hmm. that you should check out. Uh, it probably came out whenever I released it, which is hopefully Wednesday or Thursday yeah, of last week. week. <laughs> um, uh, so check it out. Absolutely. You'll have a lot of fun. No, Rupee Podcast is, uh, uh, for those of us um, that have not listened to it as of yet, is a subset of our Spoopy Podcast. That's our Spoopy Podcast at rspoopypodcast.com. Our Spoopy on Instagram. Or our Spoopy Podcast on Instagram. Our Spoopy on Twitter. And our Spoop on Facebook.com. There you go. So if you go to any of those things, you will also see our Rupee Podcast. Our Rupee Podcast is just a subset. We did not create a whole, like, thing about it. It's just going to be, like, little... So, basically, let's talk about quiz... I'm sorry. Let's talk about quiz stuff. Let's talk about gay stuff. Has their quiz quiz show editions. That's going to kind of be our whole idea for... um, Our Rupee Podcast. Our Rupee Podcast. Because the bitch does not have time to make a new website or a new Facebook. Not. And we're also not going to check all of them. So, you can just go talk to us. But if you guys really like it and you hit... I mean, you make it shoot off then also yeah, I we'll assume that fun. a lot of people that are listening to our spoopy podcast anyways are gay and love drag <gasps> stuff anyway <gasps> nobody's gay okay Ooh. this is a straight podcast remember you it's and Bailey. I are straight she's gay Bailey's gay oh Bailey. yeah yeah okay. someone's gay okay. so close I mean yeah yeah so 
Bro. bro. <laughs> Why did we say that at the same time? I fucking hate that. Because we both love <laughs> jugs. <laughs> um, um, I'm sorry, you're such titties. a gay bitch. <laughs> no homo. Bro, fist bump. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wait, explode. Wait. <laughs> Death drop. I mean, uh, <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Oh, I didn't. Yeah, score. do it wrong because that's how. Straight. Nope. Too much. Here, let me see. Oh, wait. Okay. Yeah, if you're straight, you do it like. Like Tony. <laughs> how do you do it? I don't know how to open this fan. Um, yeah. Also, so, have you smelled your fan? Does it smell bad? It smells like campfire. <laughs> it does. I love that. I actually liked it a lot. Mm, smell me. the blue one. It smells worse. I can't be queen. Because I left it by the fire. Oh, that's wow. Right. That's like burned. It smells burned. It smells like burned plastic. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, uh, yes, Ruby Podcast is a really cute thing that we talk about. We're going to be talking about Dragula, uh, Drag Race UK, then All Stars 5, then Season 12. So, basically, supposedly all those are kind of like going to go one after each other kind of thing. Drag so Race that- Australia is going to come out sometimes during that, too. Oh, really? Yeah. God, that's a lot. We've and got a lot of Drag, Drag Race, Race Germany. No way. Yeah. You're lying to me. No. Oh, boy. Okay, so we've got a lot, we got of, a lot of shit to talk about. We've got a lot of drag to talk about. So this is a full-time job now. So yeah, exactly. Support so us on please. Patreon. Please start We don't have one yet, everything. but... Um, but also, I would love, um, if we if I share this on Facebook and we have a drag queen that listens to it, I would love to have Houston Drag Queen show up and be guests talk on with our us? Ruby podcast. That would be amazing. That would be lit. So if any of you Houston queens are listening to our Ruby podcast, please get on there and um, show us some support and please come I mean, sit with us. Come talk about like Dragula stuff because I don't only just want to have like you know the pretty glamorous queens. I want to have the alt drag queens as well show up as well. Okay. Which is you? Yeah, that's fine. We're looking at you, Jacqueline. <laughs> Jacqueline, yes. Uh, no, I, I mean I want anyone who's going to watch Dragula or you know Drag Race UK or any of the drag to show up and give their opinions on drag as well because I would love that. Me so, too. So please sign up. We have a full sign up sheet on the locker room. Um, above the boys' locker room in... Um, I don't know the, where this is going. I don't know. I was trying to do something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just leave a, leave a message on Facebook or Instagram or Twitter. And where they can find us? At OurSpoopyPodcast.com! <laughs> so please go on OurSpoopyPodcast.com and um, remind us that we are not just talking to dead air. <laughs> yeah, you can always email us at OurSpoopyPodcast at gmail.com mm. uh, if you want to shoot us. Do the official a- Gmail now? Yeah, we've always had a Gmail. Oh, I thought it just went to yours. It goes to my. It goes to our spoopy podcast gmail.com and then it forwards to me. Oh, okay. I should give you the password. To okay, that, yeah, that's fine. Yeah. Instead of forwarding all the messages to me and say, oh, "Look, someone talked to us a week later." Well, <laughs> shut the fuck up. <laughs> okay, well, let's talk about spoopy stuff. I'm I'm excited. I want to hear because. Um, Shout she out. has opinions. She, uh, we all, we, this, this entire thing, uh, both of our things are going to be about opinions, and I love it because uh, there's going to be opinions about both situations here, and I'm excited because I love your topic. For once, I actually know what you're talking about, and I'm very excited about it because I love it. Um, you knew Chernobyl. Oh, hey, that's true. I knew enough about Chernobyl as well. But um, this one you know a lot more about? I, I know quite a bit about uh, Diablo. Um, Diablo. Diablo. Yeah, Diablo. Well, 
Okay. So I, I wrote this whole thing in the beginning because I was not sure that you would know anything about it. Well, that's weird because I know a lot about it. The reason is because my friend Quentin, um, she listened to our podcast as well, and she has asked me to do Diat Love Pass for like the past four weeks. So we've had two requests for Diat Love Passes, yeah, which is also why I picked well. it because yeah. I was supposed to continue on to my hometown episode three, mm. but a bitch uh, did not finish the book. So yeah. she put something together. So she whipped it up. No, the... I'm very excited about this because I have a lot of opinions about the whole situation. I mean, I spent like almost an entire work day with Quentin one time just researching and reading about like the whole wiki article about this. And there's a lot of, there's Stuff. a lot of shit. I'm excited. So I wrote um, an intro and I'm going to do it anyway. Do it and whatever. So I was wondering if you had a tent that could fit up to 10 people. I do, actually. I have oh, a excellent. <laughs> it can fit 10 people. Too bad it's only ever you in it, you fucking bitch. Me and Bailey, okay? No. Not, not Kathy's dog. We Bailey. went... Is she peeing? She's, She's peeing. peeing. <laughs> yeah, so. Yeah, love that. You told us at the lake that nobody's allowed to stay in your tent. Your 10 people tent. My 10 people tent. No one else. It's just me. Mm-hmm. Except I can barely build that by myself, so. I basically let everyone else do it if they want to stay in my tent. Uh, gross. <laughs> you need to learn how to build your fucking tent you bought it. It's easy. So just, why don't you know how to do I it? I don't do it. Okay, it's not easy, but it, it, it takes effort, okay? So, uh, say you went hiking in the mountains with your nine people. You gonna make it? Uh, depends on if something crazy happens. Oh, well, what about if it was snowing? Uh, depends on if something else crazy happens. What about if you were going up a mountain? Uh. Yeah, me neither. Okay. Uh, so. That's not my answer. I know that you know what my talk- topic is, and it's requests. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know this wasn't supposed to be my topic, like I said, but. I mean, we'll do one that of our week. hometown ones was uh, I did a hometown one, and, and I you did jumping. Yeah, and you did no, no, no. It was no, no. I did a, I did a hometown. You didn't do your hometown. Then and you then didn't I do a did, hometown, and I did. My yeah, hometown. you did one. Yeah. So. So now we're even. Yeah. Basically. Yeah. So <clears throat> we're talking about Diatlov Pass. Say it again. Diatlov Pass. I love it. So. In January of 1959, 23-year-old Igor Dyatlov led a group of nine young Soviet hikers, comprising of eight men and two women, mostly university students, into the Ural Mountains, attempting to reach Mount Ortorten. Which, the Ural Mountains are not a massive mountain range. Like, they're not, like, incredibly high. They're probably, like, the Appalachians. Yeah, exactly. They're not, like... They're not Mount Kilimanjaro. Exactly. They're not, you know, the Rockies or, you know, the Alps or anything like that. They're not ridiculous, but they are still hikes. I mean, especially during the Russian winter. I mean, any kind of mountain is dangerous if you're not trained well enough. Correct. I know. Um, But, as we'll see... um, all but all but one of them were a ra- a recent graduates of the Ural Polytechnical Institute in Russia. Mm-hmm. The last was an older man that was introduced by a mutual acquaintance. All of the skiers were experienced grade two skiers, which is the second level uh, of three. Mm-hmm. So they were going on this trip to attain their grade three, which is the highest level of mastery of skiing in, mm-hmm. in uh, Soviet Russia. So that means they understand slopes and mountains and snow. Mm-hmm. And how exactly. to ski... And what to do. Mm-hmm. Um, 
So because I've been skiing what three times now, and I'm still uh, I would still consider myself a beginner. I cannot graduate above the green slopes. Yeah, and these bitches are sleeping. Yeah, they're moving all day. It's like hiking. Yeah, it's essentially hiking. Yeah, but they're also skiing. Um, so <laughs> they the area which the hike her route passed through was not sufficiently studied and there were no detailed public maps of this area. So Igor appealed for help, uh, for help from a familiar geologist and pilot. The geologist helped Seattle develop an optimal route. The sports club did not even have a map of the area that Dyatlov was leading his group. And as it turned out, Dyatlov did not agree with anyone about the exact route. A route book was left with a route uh, without a route and a map showing the route of the group. Dyatlov group discussed various options for the route, and Igor sent the final version for approval. But, uh... Wait, what? They were talking about him, him sending out this final uh, route option to the board, mm-hmm. um, but he didn't actually send it. Oh, okay. So... We will go through a series of events now, starting on January 23rd. January 23rd, 1959, about 9 p.m., the Dyatlov group, consisting of 10 hikers, took train number 43 from... Oh, God, these Russian names are going to fucking get me. (laughs) Sverdlovsk to the city of Serov. Uh, So they get in later. Um, On January 24th, 1959, in the city of Serov... From 7 till 8 a.m. until uh, 5.30, the train station, um, the incident and the detention of Yuri Krivonshenko, Krivonishenko, Krivonishenko. I don't Krivonishenko? know what you so I can't even try. It's fine. <laughs> um, so they, they were getting in trouble because they're on this train from Serov and they're uh, singing. And it's illegal to make that much noise? Well, I mean, there's a lot of things that were illegal in Soviet Russia. Yeah, they're going to Ivdel, um, and uh, there, there's a bunch of people on the train, as well as other groups that are going hiking. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're in, like, I guess some sort of a hiking club, where there's a bunch of other clubs that are going with them to these places, but none of them are going to Dyatlov Pass. Okay. Um, so on the train from Serov to Ivdel, a drunk passenger came into the group stating that they had stolen a bottle of vodka from him and demanded him to return it. Uh, he was simply ignored. Uh, the hikers could have easily confronted him, but they ignored him. Ignored him. Ignored him. Uh, the drunk passenger insisted on his rights and initiated a scandal. As a result, the conductor had to take the loaded citizen, causing the disturbance at the police station, uh, to the police station. The incident is not only interesting for what was noted in the diaries, but also for the rec- uh, record that Dyatlov himself has made when preparing a list of provisions for the trek. He didn't include liquor. Um, and Yuri Yudin could not get alcohol, but they were trying to get some alcohol for the trip. Not for drinking, but for me- medicinal purposes. Mm. Um, Yuri Yudin couldn't get it because I guess he was too young. He was 21, but I don't know how old you had to be to buy liquor in Soviet Russia. Yeah. Um, Igor's uh, record consisted of vodka, Indian tea, and matches, and they couldn't buy vodka for some reason. So it's possible that one of them could have stolen it from the passengers, but they never found that yet. out. Um, so 
here's a excerpt from a diary. And I think it was uh, Uden's? You're a Uden's? 7 a.m. We arrived in Serov. We traveled with Bilnov Group. They have things for hunting and other accessories. At the station, we were met with a hell of hospitality. They didn't allow us into the building. The policeman stares at us suspiciously. There is no crime or vandalism in the city, as it's supposed to be in times of communism. And then Yuri Krivko started a song. The cops grabbed him and took him away. So one of their members is gone. They're detained. Fun. At the attention of citizen Krivonichenko, Sergeant explained that the rules of Section 3 prohibited all activity that would disturb the peace of passengers. It is perhaps the only train station where songs are forbidden, so we stayed without singing. So they're in this train station for a while, one waiting for them to be released, and then they're, uh, I was going to say flight, their train doesn't leave until uh, the next hour or the next day. Mm-hmm. So in the small hours of January 25th, Dyatlov Group arrives in Ivdel, located 340 kilometers north of their starting point. Leaving early in the morning in a bus, GAS-51 is the license plate. They gave us all the That's license plate. That's a lot plate, of detail. Uh, with Bilnov Group. At 2 p.m. in Vijay, uh, the bus arrives. Well, actually, I think I know why, but anyways, continue. Yeah, because Soviet Russia, everything well, is... It's recorded, but also because there was a lot of research that went into this but because they were trying to figure out if they had done something else during the trip yes um so they stayed at a guest house and they parted with the bildenov group they watched a movie called symphony in gold so january 26 they're still in vijay they wake up at 9 a.m um in the dining room zina komogorova sends a letter home and igor dyatlov sends home a postcard at 1.10, the group leaves Vigier in a truck labeled GAZ-63 with no brakes and no shock absorbers. Oh, that's great. And they ride in the back of an open truck. Uh, in the middle of a Russian winter. Mm-hmm. They're covered by a tent. That's not... That doesn't... That's not, that doesn't make it better. You're in Soviet Russia in the Ural Mountains, which is very far... I mean, pretty far It's pretty north. far north. Yeah. And I, it's closer to Europe than I had expected. Yeah. I was expecting it to be closer to The Ural Mountains is what they have but... argued is like the dividing point between the point of Russia in Europe versus Russia, Russia and Asia. Asia. Yeah. yeah. Um, which it seems is in the middle of fucking nowhere. Mm-hmm. It really, because I mean, Moscow is what the closest major city to it, kind of? <sighs> that one or St. Petersburg? No, St. Petersburg is further west. Mm-hmm. Ekaterinburg is the closest, but it's yeah, not a major city. No. Um, so they watch this movie, and then they wake up at 9 in Vijay. Oh, wait. Did I already read that? No. Uh, they wake up in Vijay. They send letters, and then the shock absorbers. They ride in the back of the open truck covered by a tent, and the hikers were exposed on this trip. Yudin fell ill. That sounded really Russian. Yudin fell ill. Fell ill. At 4.30, arrive in village 41st Forest area. So they arrive in this area called Village 41. Um, In the evening, they watch more movies. They watch On His Own, Es Takoy Perin, and Symphony in Gold again. They watch the same movie in two days. Why wouldn't you? I don't fucking know. You do that with RuPaul's Drag Race stuff. I do that with 
everything. everything. <laughs> That's true. Um, so on January 27th, 1959, the Dyatlov group was leaving the 41st district and a local wrote Mansi words in their notebook. Mansi is the tribal group that lives in this area. Okay. They're like the villagers. Yeah. Um, so they People had to... they are this... not conforming to Russia, essentially. I mean, Russia is such a big place. Like, Canada has native people. Yeah. And they live far north. This is just, like, Russia's version yeah, of yeah. them. Yeah. Um, I'm saying, like, they're kind of sovereign in their own way kind of thing. Yeah. They're not sovereign, but, like, they, they do whatever the fuck they want. Yeah. They're, they're self-governing. Yes. Um, so they head to the site... Uh, Ryazhnev. Because <laughs> um, ZHN makes a zhne. Who? Z-H-N in Russian is like a zhne noise. Razhnev. Promised to help the tourists reach the abandoned geological site Second Northern by finding means of transportation. The hikers mounted backpacks um, and and they they put their backpacks on this sled with a horse and drawn by this guy named Slava. Uh, And then they skied alongside. Um, So... This Slava guy was convicted in Lithuania in 1949 for 10 years and released into the settlement in 1956. So, so he's a convicted felon. He's a convicted felon, but that it didn't great. say what he was convicted of. Yeah. But also, he lives in the middle of fucking nowhere. So Thank you for him, he's probably going to die anyways. Yeah. Uh, uh, you went into much more detail than I, anything I've ever read. Bitch, there's so much fucking shit yeah. about I this. I just read the Wikipedia article. There's... There's a website called Yet Love Pass where it's like absolutely everything that you ever want to know about it. Well, I mean, it's a fucking conspiracy thing. Yeah. Shit. Anyways, continue. <laughs> I'm very, I am so excited about this. <laughs> so in the 41st district, Yudin's condition worsened. He had an inflamed back nerve, sciatica. To continue an expedition from the third category of complexity was impossible without becoming a burden. So Yudin decided to return home. Um, they discussed the matter and decided that Yudin would go to the second northern there would make a mis- uh, final decision of whether he would go on the final trip. If While his, he was sick. Yeah. If his pain would subside, he would continue. If his condition worsened, uh, he would take the drilling samples from the second northern and return to Sverdlovsk. Sverdlovsk. Uh, okay. So January 28th. 1959, the Dietlov group sets off from the second northern settlement on their last journey. January 29th, the men of the group took turns and cut a trail for 10 minutes. As the group was taking a break after all seven rotated, they stopped every 70 minutes or two to three kilometers. They turn on the Auspia River tributary. Um, The group stopped for lunch at that fourth halt. And then they continued a Mansi ski trail and soon started seeing Mansi signs and a storage platform known as a Labaz. The Dyatlov group spent the night over the river at, oh God, this one was a hard one, Hoysipulosos. Hoysipulosos. Hoysipulsos. Hoysipulsos. Okay. H-O-Y-S-I-P-U-L-S-O-S. That's so many consonants. That's a lot. Um, so they stayed on this tributary of the Auspia <clears throat> River. Um, and it's Yurosh, Yuri Doroshenko's birthday. He turns 21. Okay. Um, on January 30th, the Dietlif group starts at about 8.30 or... 
Let's see, let's see, let's see. Um, they start out at 9 or 8.30 or 9 o'clock dur- along the Aspio River. The Mansi sign, or... What? They start out along <laughs> the... They see some Mansi signs. Yeah. Um, at... Uh, this is all in military time, and I'm so bad at that. 2 o'clock? 14 o'clock is 2 o'clock? Yeah. Um, lunch break. And then at 17 o'clock... 5. 5 o'clock, they stop for <laughs> overnight. Uh, so January thirty twelve, girl. Yeah, girl, I'm getting there. Shut the fuck up. Um, January thirty first. So the sequence of frames in film number one is questionable. There's some pictures that they showed me, where um, like, they show this guy and his jacket is burned. Mm-hmm. So the film is cut, and it's hard to tell which one is next in the the succession of pictures. Um, according to the sequence of the frames, it turns out that Doroshenko's quilted jacket was burned on the night of January 31st, and then it goes over to February 1st. However, in uh, Zina Kolmogorova's, uh, she writes in her diary that the jacket was burned on the night of January 30th to January 31st. Mm. So there's a contradiction between the sequence of the film frames and entries in the diary, but um, this is one of very m- other m- many uh, discrepancies. discrepancies. Yeah, there's a lot of those. <laughs> so there's also a question about the stove. Uh, if it was used on the night of January 31st, they lit a fire to cook their meal. Dyatlov's stove was used to heat the tent, not for cooking. Whether they used the stove on the night of January 31st is not clear from the diaries, but in the photo taken on the morning of Jebber- or February 31st, February 1st, Yuri Krivonshenko is dusting ashes out of the stove. So it supposedly was used on January 31st. He's cleaning out the next day. But on January 31st, there's no entry in the diary about using that stove. But most likely they did use it if those are the pictures came up later. Yeah. But... They don't really know. Were the pictures dated? Like, you could see the, the dates on the pictures? Like, back in the 90s when you could see? Mm, no. Mm. They they said a roll number, and they said a picture number. Mm. Okay. Um, nothing is definitive in this case, so everyone has to use their own judgment. Yep. Um, we really will never know. Yeah. So February 1st, the coal, the group uh, started out late, covered only two kilometers, and pitched a tent on the open ridge for a cold overnight without firewood. The Atlov group had to prepare with a note for the ascent to Mount Ortorten, but instead they read on the evening uh, Ortorten number one, a satirical prog- propaganda leaflet. Uh, so they leave this leaflet on to saying where they're going because people do that. Oh, hey, we're leaving. This no, we're they, well, they're saying we're going because the, the route goes up and then it loops back and it comes back to the same place. Mm-hmm. And then you go back down into town. So they leave a note saying, we've left on this day. We expect to be back on this day. So they wrote on the back of it, but on the front of it, it's saying, we've seen Yetis. Oh, it's okay. like a, it's a propaganda of it's Yetis joke, in, yeah. the, in the siberian wilderness because it's already that's already a thing that has come up yeah yetis yeah so we have to guess what their plans were yeah um they were carrying the stove and even though they did not use it that night they were meaning to use it at least once before they returned back to the labaz Mm -hmm. 
or they pitched the tent on the ridge, um, or also they pitched the tent on the ridge and they had time to go down to the Lozva River. The reason that they wanted to do this is so that in the morning they would be on the high ground towards Ortorten, where it's easier to ski. Mm-hmm. So the conclusion is that they plan to have... <laughs> Working! Uh, they planned to have a warm overnight on February 2nd at the lake Lunthusapter. Uh, under Mount Hortorten, where the source of the Lozva starts. They must have planned to make the note for the ascent then. On the morning of February 3rd, they make the ascent to Mount Hortorten and replace the note that was there with their own. Uh, Then they pack up their tent and start their way back. They spend another cold overnight on February 3rd on the Kolatsiakl. Kolatsiakl. Whatever. You guys will get it. Yeah. For fuck's sake, they, Russian's hard. I don't hard. need to know the exact places. A mountain. Yeah. You were there. Um, on February 4th, the group was supposed to go back to the Lavaz on the Auspia River. Um, from the Cannes site on February 1st to Mount Ortorten is about 18 kilometers. Taking into account the return journey, that makes 36 kilometers. The group planned to leave on February 1st and return on February 4th. They had to take products for three days. The upcoming route was... The Auspia to the Lunsusapter to Mount Ortorten, back to the River Auspia. They started late on February 1st, but they waited because the the weather was bad. Uh Um, So they wrote on the evening, uh, they wrote on a picture. uh, They built their their labaz and they gathered the firework for when they returned back. Then after lunch, Dyatlov took the risk of leading the group up the mountain and they were not going to Dyatlov Pass, which is like a space where it's... Between the mountains, Between right? the mountains, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, not even mountains, between a larger hill and no, the mountain. Larger, yeah. um, <clears throat> so they were not headed through Dyatlov Pass. They wanted to go up Kolat's Siakl a bit mm-hmm. so that they could ski over to Dyatlov Pass. Mm-hmm. No, not to Dyatlov Pass, to Dead Mountain mm-hmm. uh, or Torten. Um, so it, it, it's easier that way, they said. Um, some people speculate that Dietlef got lost and could not find the pass, which is why they did it this way. But it's not true. They did not intend to go through the pass. They wanted to go up the mountain a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, they wanted to gain altitude so they could stay on the ridge. Because that's, that's actually how you do it. If you stay on the ridge, you have to stay on the ridge if you're trying to avoid uh, avalanches as well. Because if you like go up the face of the mountain, you can cause the ice to crack underneath and cause a avalanche. Instead, you have to walk in the corners to avoid avalanches. So I mean, that's how you always hike up the mountain, anyways. So down on the lower part would be considered. Uh, it would be not as easy to ski, but it would be warmer down there for Correct. them. They went up mm-hmm. the hill because it would be colder, but they would have less of a chance of an uh, avalanche, mm-hmm. and it would be easier for them to ski yes. over. Um, so on February 2nd, the group was supposed to cover 14 to 14 and a half kilometers in firm snow and reach Lake Lunsapter, uh, to have a warm overnight. They were going to burn a fire there. Uh, that's why they took the stove with them and it was found in the tent and not used on the tragic night of February 1st. So then we get to the actual part. Spoopy stuff. So they were found about 60 miles away from their destination. Mm -hmm. They didn't make it. Yeah. 
in a forest almost a mile away from their campsite without their skis, shoes, or coats in approximately negative 30 degrees Celsius. Mm -hmm. Uh, Two of them had fractured skulls. Two more had major chest fractures. Mm -hmm. And one hiker was missing her tongue and her eyes. Mm -hmm. Soviet investigators listed the cause of death as a compelling natural force and abruptly closed the case not even a month later. Yep. Those Soviets are fucking shady. Yep. Uh, So here's what we do know about the incident. Six of the skiers died of hypothermia, and three of them died of in- injuries. Three died, or they died separately. Two of them were found under. They a were scattered, right? Yeah, two yeah. of them were under a cedar tree near the remains of a fire, while three other were found in intervals of a hundred feet from the tree, and then four were in a ravine about uh, two hundred feet, two hundred fifty feet away. Mm-hmm. The two under the tree had burned hands. The four in the ravine weren't found until May fourth three months after the incident. Um, and the dead seem to have donated most of their clothing to the living. Ludmilla, Ludmila Dubnina foot was wrapped in a piece of Yuri Krivonshenko's pants. He kept her foot. I don't know why. Um, Wait, she had her foot wrapped in his pants? Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, while Semyon Zolotarov was found wearing Dubinina's hat and coat, and some garments had cuts in them, as they were forcibly removed. Consistently, there were eight or nine sets of footprints in the snow, accounting only for the skiers and not suggesting another party's involvement, on foot at least. There was no sign of struggle or of any other human or animal approaching the campsite. There was a snowstorm that night of February 2nd, which it was determined via their diaries that they died. What about the the tent? Wasn't one of the tents fucked up? We'll get there. Oh, okay. There's only one tent. Their campsite was made on the slopes of the Kolat Siakl Dead Mountain, about 360 or 3,600 feet above sea level. Um, despite nasty weather and slower progress than they had planned, their last diary entries reflected high spirits. Charmingly, in very so- typical Soviet way of bonding, they were saying that everything's fine. Um, after the first five bodies were found, a legal inquest began, eventually determining that the cause of death was hypothermia. Mm. The death seemed kind of straightforward at first. Sure, the dead were in various stages of undress, including one in his underwear, but this was explained away as paradoxical undressing. When you get hypothermia, yeah, you feel does, very warm, you yes, take your clothes off. Yes. Um, which happens in about 25% of people. Mm-hmm. Um, as the... Uh, yeah. So the skier's badly damaged tent, it was determined, had been cut open from the inside, mm-hmm. which I'm not sure. How, how do you tell you, that? How can you tell what direction the knife was going? Mm-hmm. You can't. I mean, maybe you can. I'm not an expert. But, but I, I mean, even you can. I was sewing Thomas's pants this morning, mm-hmm. and... He split his butt, mm-hmm. so it opened like that. But if it had split in, there'd still be frayed edges. Either you don't way, know which way a frayed edge comes from. It did that exactly. So that's questionable. Um, inside, all of their stuff was still there. Mm-hmm. Um, why were they dead of exposure if they had access to all this winter gear? And th- it was before they went out into these freezing winds. And also, why were they so scattered? That's, uh, I mean. 
three hundred feet. I mean, that's fucking far. Yeah. Like that's a large distance to be away from every single other person, especially like as you're dying. Typically, as like if you're dying of like freeze exposure, the instant reaction is to huddle, not the opposite. Like you, you think that mm. you want to stay together? No, I don't think so. Okay, because I feel like some people would be like. I'm so cold. I'm just going to stay here. Or they could be like, I'm warm. What are you talking about? Well, I'm going to take my clothes you're, off. You're right, yeah. And you're going to say, no, it's not warm here. I'm going back to the tent. Yeah. You have to leave them. You can't take them with you because they're not going to listen. You don't have, have time to argue. I have ideas. I'm sorry. Continue. <laughs> uh-huh. So they appear to have left the tent of their own volition and in a hurry. Bizarrely. Zolotaryov fled the camp with his camera, but not his gear. Um, as Rustam Slabodin seemed to have died in a pose, indicating that he was trying to return to the tent. He had a small crack in his skull, but it was ruled that the elements are what killed him, not the fracture. His external wounds, or no external wounds, were discovered. Things got really shaken up when the four bodies in the ravine were found and examined. Dubinina and Zolotarov had fractured ribs, while Nikolai Tibidobrignoles had a major fra- skull fracture. One of the investigators compared the force required to injure a human severely, so severely to that of a car crash. Uh-huh. The injuries were absolutely not caused by the force exerted by another human being. Once again, no soft t- tissue damage. Uh, Although the skiers' bodies were crushed, or as though the skiers' bodies were crushed by pressure. Yeah. So when Dubinina was found to be missing her tongue and her eyes, the suggesting the theory of another party's involvement, but there was absolutely no indication of other people's having been nearby, apart from the other travelers in the Dyatlov group. Not even the native Manzi people, sometimes known to inhabit the area, and perhaps the most baffling of all, some of the skiers' clothing was found to contain significant layers of or, uh, levels of radiation. Ooh! Did you not know that? No, I've never heard oh, that one before. Wow! There's so many theories, that's bitch. Awesome. So I did not hear that one. Oh, that's cool. I've never heard that one before. Oh, bitch! There's like twelve different ways oh, people yes. are saying this oh, happened. Oh yes. Oh yeah, I've seen them all. So and due I have my to ideas of which ones I think that were real, I never. There's heard one that I think is the most real. Okay. Um, due to an absence of a guilty party, the inquest was closed on the May uh, or on in May of 1959, only a few short weeks after the last four bodies were discovered. The files were archived, classified, and when they finally became accessible in 1990s, post-Soviet era, parts of them were missing. Well, duh. Soviets. So we got some theories, bitch. Mm-hmm. Um, Wait, so have we gotten to the theories part? Let's clink. Ready? Mm. Mm. All of them. Oh, yes. Spill that tea, Henny. Oh. (laughs) Perfect. (laughs) We're so ready. So, number one, Uh KGB involvement. Yep. Uh, Some suggest that the skiers were KGB, Mm -hmm. particularly... Zolotora, where was his name? God, these Russian names are so fucking difficult. I know, I'm excited that I have... Zoloteryov. Simple names. So they thought he was part of the KGB, and he was carrying materials that they wanted, and he was going to deliver it to them. But he was doing something shady, and they were like, we know you shady, so we're going to kill you. But nobody else here is allowed to know, so they killed them all. Mm. Um... But or, there was no survivors at all. So who no survivors. killed them all? Nope. Just Yudin because he left before yeah. they even went up. 
Um, or um, the KGB killed them because they were entering a restricted area, mm-hmm. which could be also true. Exactly. Um, Especially the Ural Mountains, that they're trying to avoid some, like, uh, and this is the middle middle of the Cold War, like middle of the 50s. This is like the height of the Cold War, 50s and 60s, 70s. That's what I consider, like, height of the Cold War kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're over here. I mean, if they're walking around in the mountains, and we had a fucking secret mountain in the middle of Colorado. We probably still do. Who fucking knows? Yep. But they, um, I mean, if, if they're going to avoid someone, go to the fucking mountains. Like, yeah. it was perfect. So they probably had a secret military base that was probably somewhere around the Atla Pass, and... They were like, why are the fuck are you here? Let me kill you all. And that's why a lot of things are, are gone. But no, that's, a, that's a good theory. I hadn't heard of that one. Well, do you remember when I was talking about the Chernobyl and there was that Kish... Oh, God. Why didn't I write it down? Kishem? Kish, Kishem disaster? Kishem. Kish, I think that's what it that is. That was back in the late 40s. Wasn't yeah, it? where they Kishem had that disaster? plate blow up and yeah. then it exposed this entire area to radiation it yeah. was the worst radiation disaster yeah, ever kiss him. yeah um kiss him i think it's kiss him um so that's in relatively a close area because mm. it was in the southernmost part of the ural mountains yeah. which is is lower it's closer to kazakhstan but it's still in the mountain range yeah um and which an if you're trying flow. to hide some shit yeah. put it in the mountains put it right right in the mountains kind of thing so there's a KGB uh, uh, option. There's gulags. Uh, some people did suggest that the skiers were mistaken for gulag prisoners that had escaped, although there were no gulags nearby, and uh, the gulags that were closest did not escape or did not report any escapees. I don't believe that one. I don't, no. believe that one I don't like that one at all. Um, there's the Mansi. Uh, they were attacked by local Mansi tribe members. But the Monsi were known to be very peaceful, and the skiers were not near any holy grounds. No, I don't believe that one either. That one I'm not sure about. They are known to be peaceful, and they did know a bit of Monsi to be able to talk to these people. Mm-hmm. But um, they did suggest that if, you know, the Monsi were hunting in that area, and they were telling the hikers to move, the hikers don't know how to tell them, no. here's where we're going, or yeah. no, we're not moving, no. and it's very easy for people to get agitated in the cold like that. Yeah. Especially so, if you're in their territory. Yeah. So uh, I don't know. I, that one is somewhat reasonable. It's not my, my, my pick. Because wait, let me um, clarify. So you had mentioned uh, that they didn't follow the path because what they had done was they were supposed to stay low that night. Weren't they? Yes. Like, stay that's low, what everybody does. And instead they went high that night in the middle of a st- snowstorm. And that's what caused a lot of the issues. Yes. Like, Okay. Um, there's also... Uh, but it wasn't that far from each other. It was like, what, six kilometers that they were like... The two spaces that they were supposed to do, six kilometers... I had behind. a map, and it didn't give me a scale, but it didn't look... It didn't even really look as far as six kilometers. No, it was, it was probably like two or three kilometers. Like, it, like, up the mountain. It was a very small distance. From what I... Re- whenever I researched it, what was it, two years ago... Um, it was a very small distance between like being on high ground versus low ground, and they were supposed to be low ground, where like below the tree line, which was supposed to be much much warmer than being up in the snow ground. But they just somehow decided they were going to be up in the snow grounds instead because they I wanted to ski correctly. down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, but I can somewhat see 
people feeling like they're being encroached upon if especially since they're not in the area that people are typically supposed to be yeah especially since this is a, a space that not many people hike to begin with or have, yeah. ne- have never hiked I'm have sure never that. hiked yeah. and i'm sure they could have gotten their grade three hiking somewhere else. certification in the same place but if they had just followed the normal kind of path that yeah. people had picked yeah um but so there's that option there's also an option that they could have been high on shrooms mm-hmm um, some may have expected they would be high on shrooms, but nothing was found in their citizen or in their systems, and they were thought to be upstanding Soviet citizens, which what the you could totally mean? not yeah. be an upstanding citizen also, and totally be upstanding like, in Soviet Russia. From what I've learned throughout history, um, like up, up, uh, revolting culture has always been the youngsters of the generations. It's always the people who are in college that are always the ones that cause the revolutions and are always the ones that have like the up, upheaval in things. And so, I mean, leave it to the youngsters to be the youngsters. How old am I? Um, the youngsters. 37. To be the ones that are like, oh, I'm going to go do something crazy over the mountains. Look at me. So, I mean, there's the difference there. Also, I'm really proud of these people that they wanted to hike this mountain at 21, 23 yeah. years old. Fuck I'm like, that. 23, I'm Fuck. like... Can we go to JR? I'm ready to get wasted. Get lit. Get drunk on white claws. Fuck. <laughs> Fuck. There ain't no claws when you drink drinking claws. <laughs> so there's that. Um, there's also the uh, opinion that there may have been a nuclear test going on in this area. See, I had never heard of that one before. Well, uh, I think two to three square kilometers around their campsite and where they were all found was... Higher, higher radiation than normal. Yeah, which is very interesting to me. Which is weird. Ready? Oh, so good. Oh. I love that. Um, so, yeah, I don't know how to feel about that. I mean, it could have been, but if there was a nuclear test going on, a bitch is going to die. Yeah, but I mean, if they had like had a recent nuclear test around that area, they it's going to look a whole lot dead. worse than it did. Exactly. But on top of that, if they had radiation that was already there, that's different. Or it had a radiation um, incident. I mean, that's that's the thing about both the U.S. and Soviet like control at the time. It's we have no idea how much fucking silent. nuclear disasters <laughs> both countries had from the 50s through the late 80s. I mean, we have no idea for those 30 years what the fuck actually happened with anything nu- nu- nuclear. nuclear. I almost said it like George Bush, nuclear. Nuclear. Um, like, uh, I mean, that's like one thing that just like baffles me is that both these countries just like stayed silent through all of the, this bullshit um, about, I mean, anything that could have happened. So, yeah. Did you, you know, know there's a, a case just like this in the States? No. Ooh. It's called the Yuba Yuba? Yuba group. Ooh. They were hiking in Colorado and they got lost like We this have died. a follow-up, do we? Bitch! That okay. one's yours because okay. I did the Russian Yeah, one. time to do it. Um, so there was the nuclear test going on in the area, which I don't believe because there would be some signs of nuclear disaster. Mm-hmm. There would be downed trees or at least burnt trees. Mm-hmm. So We'd I'd... have something beyond, like, I mean, look at Chernobyl. We would have some sort of, like, huge situation. I don't think it would be huge, but you'd be able to tell from the landscape yeah. at least. Yeah, that's true. Um, so another one, avalanche. Mm, I don't believe that. I don't believe that either. Because they the avalanches are very clear when it happens. Like you can tell. When, well, when it happens. what they say is they thought they heard a rumbling, so they got out of their tent as fast as possible, cutting the tent open, running down the hill, realizing there is no uh, avalanche. 
they didn't have any clothes on. They froze anyway. But then it doesn't explain head injuries, see, rib okay. injuries. The issue that I have with the theory of them cutting out of the tent and being naked is that when you're sleeping and you're cold. But um, they weren't naked. That's what I'm saying. You are not naked when you're sleeping, when you're cold. But they weren't naked. Even the naked ones were found. The other people had their clothes. They stole their clothes from them While when they, they died. Dead. But why couldn't they go back to the back to the campsite and get their clothes that they had? Because they were far away. Hypothermia can set in pretty quick. Not that quickly. Not that quickly. They were not that far away. They were 300 feet away. Yeah. That's not that far. That's, that is far, but not that far for hypothermia. Like, if I had hypothermia, I'd be like, or I'm sorry, if I was cold at night, I'd be like, holy fuck, I have to go back to the, like, I mean, I guess I have not been in negative 30 degrees Celsius to see how fast it's I can cold. set in within 300 feet. But shit, like, I feel like you could run back to the campsite pretty quickly and get your clothes or grab something. I don't know. 300 feet is not that far. The coldest that I, I mean, I've been in negative 30 before. Yeah. But if you're naked baby, outside, would you have survived? The coldest that I can remember being outside in is probably like negative eight. But people get into like the, the. And I was not wearing anything to it. I mean, I was wearing a long sleeve t shirt, a jacket, and pants. And did you survive? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. People but I wasn't in... that far from anywhere where I could have been safe. People do. 300 feet is not that far. <laughs> I was like 15 feet. But still, that's not. Okay. That's fine. Okay. It's not fine. But, it's just a theory, girl. I, don't, I know. I that's know. not my but theory what I'm, either. What I'm saying is, uh, I guess, like, the the best way that I'm trying to, like, uh, understand this is, like, 300 feet would be from here to, like, the edge of, like, that corner over there. Like, where, like, the the patio area is from in your apartment. So, like, that's not drastically far, like, up or down a hill from your campsite. Um, like, I mean, it's not, like, drastic. It's not unobtainable like i don't know i'm just trying to like i guess i just can't imagine not having shoes in snow that would be cold as yeah, fuck that would be cold you're right like my body would be okay but i would definitely get frostbite on my feet yeah and so probably when, my when the guy had the girl's foot was it frostbitten foot or no i didn't read far enough to know mm, okay. if it was or not it was fun. but in order for it to fall off like that there had to have been nerve damage. Was it cut off or or fallen? Fallen. Off? Oh, okay. it was not cut removed. Okay. Well, I still, I still have theories. I want to hear more. Keep okay. Going. So, avalanche, third or another one, aliens. Thank you. That's my favorite conspiracy. That's not my aliens favorite. or uh, yeti. That's the next one. Is yeti. okay. Sorry. So, there's all kinds of jokings in the story about there being the yeti, mm-hmm. which. I mean, there has to be things out there that humans have not seen mm-hmm. on the Earth that we oh, live yeah, on. Oh, yeah, for sure. 100%. Because we go down in the ocean. We and discover shit all the time. All the time, yeah. Amazon, all the time. Every rainforest, we discover shit all the time. Simple as that. So that's a possibility. But people live out there. I don't, I don't understand that. I don't know. That's, I mean, if it's so mysterious and also endangered of a species in or something i could believe it has no predators i don't see why it would be endangered well not endangered but i mean how many yetis are there to mate with other other yetis that's kind of a big factor in in 
that. Then how do they I come mean, around? How do they reproduce? At, how do they keep going? You look at elephants. I mean, their gestation period is two fucking years. That they're pregnant a, for two years? Yes, 22 months of gestation of an elephant. There's an elef- baby in- elephant inside of them for two fucking years. So how can you imagine the elephants are not dead by now? Like, I mean, you look at that shit. That's true. So, I mean, simple. You just look at those simple things. So, mm-hmm. um, I don't know. I could definitely believe that there could be some sort of Yeti out there, especially, like, in mountains across all mountains. I mean, mountains are uh, uh, unexplored territory for a lot of people, especially being able to live, like, way high up. I mean, look at fucking Mount Everest. How many people have cl- climbed Mount Everest and been able to survive those climates? So, yeah. As those two are still not my my choice mm, for the theory. That's mine. Mine is definitely um, gonna. But the Yeti is good, and the aliens are good. But um, I mean, because if you're an alien, that's a place to fucking go mm-hmm. if you want to be undiscovered. Get fucking Russian lit in the wilderness. Mountains. Let's go. In the middle of nowhere. Yeah. Shit. Come on, Siberia. <laughs> um, another one is a stove malfunction. Uh, the f- the smoke filled the tent. It was not set up, and it does not account for the injuries and does not explain why they went so far away, but that's something that people will I say. I like that one. Another one is high winds. Mm. So one or two people were outside, and the winds picked up, blew the people down the mountain. Everybody else went to try to rescue them. No. Don't believe that one either. No, that's so dumb. The last one that I have, which is probably what I believe, is infrared sound. So the way that the wind comes around the oh shit, where did that? Nope. And I ooh. black rose, back rose, um, back rose. Yep. The way that it comes around, it makes a pitch that's very low. That's impossible for humans to. Register. Like register, yeah. but we can hear it, mm-hmm. and it drives you crazy. Because mm. um, there was a, a uh, incident at the Canadian embassy in Cuba a couple of years ago, where Chinese were using infrared sounds in the embassy, and it wasn't that it's the same accusation that uh, Cuba had against, or I'm sorry, that the U.S. had against Cuba recently. Yeah. Okay. Um, and it just drives people crazy. Yeah. It gives you unimaginable headaches yeah migraines and i can imagine that that would drive them out of the tent yeah it doesn't really address the injuries they had that i could address that as going so crazy that you cut yourself out of the tent from the inside out i don't know it can drive you into psychosis Mm, i don't know maybe maybe Maybe. You're right. I mean, it's completely believable. No, my thing is they were attacked. I believe they were full-on attacked. Because that theory, why the fuck would we have three different people who had blunt force trauma to the head and two other, like, car, you said car crash level of, like, injuries. Not just, like, I got hit by a person. Because you said that it was injuries that you could not have sustained from another human being. From a human being making a blow at you. But I imagine if you fell down that hill and bashed your head on a tree, it could be then quite close. Then why would that be more injuries? Why would the first thing you fall down a hill and just hit your head immediately, not anything else? Why would you not have a broken arm or a broken leg or a broken foot or you know, anything like that? The snow is pretty soft. I don't think that that would be 
and you're going down on a mountain that's covered in snow. I don't know. when I Until you hit something. When I fall down on my skis, I feel like I have hit something. Well, that's hard snow. This stuff has just fallen. I don't know. Fresh snow is really soft. I mean, you probably know better than I do. I mean, you definitely know better than I do because you've seen snow much more than I have. But I don't know that I agree with that. Especially in a snowstorm where the snow is still falling, that snow is soft. If it's rained and the snow has gotten icy, then it's hard as fuck. No, but so, like they were at a point where like the lower ones were in a point where there was no snow, right? Or there was little snow. There's snow all around. Oh, it's January. Okay. See, I thought that the, from my understanding, whenever I read it, that the people who had gone down the hill 300 feet had gotten below the tree line or gotten below the snow line. That's below the tree line. There's still snow. Because those trees can't hold that snow. It's heavy. Okay. But down there, it's different. I don't know. But there's a ravine, so they've fallen off a cliff by then. I think they were attacked. My personal idea is that they were attacked by some force or some thing. So I would believe I mean, there's, aliens are there's totally believable. All of them are... Not all of yeah. them, but a lot of them are very believable. I could believe the KGB. I could believe the Monsi. I could believe the avalanche. I could believe Yeti's aliens, and I can believe that. I couldn't believe the avalanche because they found them. Like the avalanche. Whenever I think of av- avalanche, I just think the, of like the, the panic everything. of an avalanche. Mm, I don't know. I don't think that's far enough to do that. But I'm just thinking, like, what would drive me out of a tent to like pull out a knife or pull out something to cut myself out of a tent? Like, it would have to be an immediate reaction, meaning I heard something outside, so I could believe avalanche or I could believe someone showing up and attacking, like some sort of thing like that. But so, the footprints, there's no footprints. But it was freshly fallen snow, so the mm-hmm. footprints would be hidden, covered. Exactly. I don't know. Yeah. We'll never know. Because, I mean, blunt force trauma to the, the chest, to the head. I mean, these are all things that, like, don't make sense. So what the the whole explanation of, like, the people being semi-covered, semi-not, um, I'm thinking that some people survived and tried to survive and cover themselves with, you know, whatever clothing that they could grab from people and said, you know, I'm going to try and see what happens, and they ended up dying of hypothermia. That's what I think would happen. I think they got attacked. I think it's aliens i think it's a yeti i think it's kgb those are my three options (laughs) yeah like i said i got those four but yeah i don't know and i really hope that like very morbid but when we die i hope we ever we get to figure these things out yeah that somebody will tell us exactly what happened how the fuck does spencer die (laughs) yeah (laughs) question mark it's gonna be a thousand years from now, be. Oh my god, we should go to a psychic sometime. I went to one in New Orleans, and she, well, I went to a tarot card in New Orleans, and okay. she was not exciting. Not that exciting. Oh, never mind. Okay. But like a psychic, psychic. Yeah. I'd feel more okay with that. Like this lady was set up in Jackson Square. She was not like. Yeah, not like a. Real she was one. not. I mean, she's probably something, but yeah, she just not the experience I wanted. I want to be in a dark room with lots of curtains and beads. And, like, and some crazy-ass witch is like, I'm yeah, going I to tell you. White hair yeah. and a glass eye. I want her to look creepy as fuck and be like, I've seen things about you. And she, like, touches right. my face. I'm like, <gasps> she. I want her to come in and say, I've been expecting Oh, you. no. I don't think I can handle that. I'd be like, And then no, her glass I'm eye falls out. And I, she dead. says, oh, shit. Hold on a minute. <laughs> she pops it back in. Okay, I'm ready. You ready for your reading? 
yeah, no, I love the Dyatlov Pass incident just because there's so many speculations about what happened. I honestly, like, I'm that person that's like, you, everyone, all of the listeners know I love my conspiracy theories, period. So I absolutely love the fact that there's, like, a possibility that there's, like, some crazy-ass, like, alien or yeti out there that's, like, beating the fuck out of people in these I mean, think fucking mountains. hills have eyes. There just could be people living that's, out there. Uh, that was another thing that you mentioned radiation. I'd never heard of it. What if there was some, like, fucked up people. radioactive person who was, like, some fucking, like, demonic, like, radioactive bitch that just went up there and killed someone? Killed know. them. Because people them. die with radiation. It's I mean, so, he, he was probably he could have been psychotic, and like I'm thinking, like an adrenaline pumped, like bath salts, like eat your face kind of maniac kind of thing. Like show up and like I'm dying. Like I'm gonna. Uh. <laughs> I heard if you eat your brains, then I don't <laughs> die no more. Uh, Give me them yeah, brains. Exactly. So, I mean, possibilities are endless. So. Yeah. There's really there's no way of knowing. None nope. of us will ever know. Nope. And it's so. Sixty years later, we sixty will years know. later, yeah. we're never gonna know. Seventy. Seven, eight, 70? Seven, no. 60. 60. <laughs> Can't do math. She maths. Yeah, it's fine. Not really. Um, can we pause after pee? Okay. <laughs> I'm going to include that in the podcast. Perfect. All right. Well, and that we're was, back. Yeah. That was the that was a great, great little uh, pee break. No, we no. don't do that. Well, you. And you don't I talk about that. that. We're straight. What, I'm a piss break. Piss. Took a piss real fast. Took a quick leak. A leak. Took a leak. With my bros. In the John. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> Do people say that? No. In the John. Okay, so it's my turn. I'm yep. excited. Okay, so this is the much anticipated <laughs> mystery of the San Antonio Four. The San Antonio, how many? Four! <laughs> Spencer, have you ever heard of this case? Nope. Oh boy. She's re- she Strap ready. In. Strap in. She this ready. Is very I asked my parents if they remember this. My mom does not, but my dad does. And he was like, this is a fucked up case. I'm like, great. I'm ready for it. So, San Antonio 4 include Elizabeth Ramirez, also known as Liz, Cassandra Rivera, also known as Cassie, Christy Mayhew, also known as Chris, and then Anna Vasquez. This whole case was... You were involved? Christy, with a K. But she goes by Chris. With a K. How do I know your name's not Christy? I'm actually here. I'm actually going to talk about this. This is a personal account. Is it pers- I'm actually the person involved here. So um, now, so this case happened in like 1997, 1998. So we were youngsters at the time when it happened. And also, so were they. So... Um, Anna was born and raised in San Antonio on the west side of town. So the west side of town Ooh, at the time. That's shady. It's not terrible. On Cherry Street with the whores? A west side of town. Yeah. Oh. The west side of town is not shitty, but not like incredible, but like not shitty. I feel incredible. incredible. Yeah. It's, it's like, it's, it's there. It's, it's there. Um, so she was one of the first to come out. She came out at the age of 18. Uh, her lifestyle wasn't really accepted in San Antonio at the time, um, just because San Antonio is a very like conservative town, still is nowadays, uh, just because it's very military as well. Um, her mother was accepting of her, uh, but it took a little bit of time. She asked her priest, um, like, hey, what should I do about this? And the priest was like, pray it uh, away. Yeah, just give her support. Like she is going to be facing a lot of prejudice at this time. Like she's going to have a bad time. Like and this you is what you're 1998. This is the late nineties. Yeah. Um, and so he was like, you need to support her and give her love because she's going to be facing shit anyways. So like, 
go for it. Like she's your fucking daughter. Like doesn't doesn't matter. Um, so she ended up she went to college. Ended up dropping out of college for a bit of time because she was not she didn't have enough money. So she was working at Little Caesars. She was gonna save up and go back. Uh, in comes Cassandra. She met Anna while Anna was at work working for, at Little Caesars. Uh, and That's some good ass pizza. That is some delicious pizza, especially for cheap. Mm. Mm. Have, their deep dish pizza. Have you had that? I haven't had that. No. Oh my lord! I just I'd love cheap pizza. Yeah. And, and you can taste it's cheap, but it's good. You know my favorite cheap pizza that's disgusting is? What? Chuck E. Cheese. Oh, boy. That was some good-ass fucking pizza. I have pizza. not been to Chuck E. Cheese since I was... No, I went with my nephews recently. It was still good. I think I went last when I was like 13 or something. Yeah. That's lit. The cheese is made of plastic and the, the biscuit <laughs> You just got all the chemicals while the, the r- robotic rat is staring at you from across the room. I'm like, eat, eat pizza. <laughs> and Fuck the yeah, like, rat. Yes, Chuck E. Cheese. Hey, Chucky, give me some of that bitch-ass pizza. And his eyes roll back in his head, and he starts talking in Latin. He's, like, going, like, full satanic, like, gibberish. Tickets come out of his mouth, and coins start spewing from behind him. I would love that. I think that actually happened last time I went, so. uh. (laughs) There's a creepy post about that. I'll have to do it. Is there? Yeah, Chuck E. Cheese is supposed to be demented. I love it. I'm into that. Well, not really, but I'm excited to hear the story about it. Um, She's yes. talking to her while she works there. Yeah, so they started chatting. And did you handwrite these? I did. Oh, my God. Handwritten. We didn't even type in bits. This is all handwritten front and back because I was busy watching. This is, all came from the documentary, which I'll get to at the end. Um, so they spent a lot of time together because they started chatting together. And she was like, oh, wow, this girl's really funny. Cassie was this, like, like this with Anna. Um, and so they spent a lot of time together. They ended up falling in love. Cassie had two kids from her previous marriage. Um, Cassie's mom. Did How not, old is she? Uh, I don't know. They didn't really talk about ages. Well, Anna's only 18, right? At the time, uh, Anna was only 18. Yeah. So Cassie must be at least 20. I don't know. Okay. I, don't know. I mean, San Antonio has Bitches a lot be of having like, kids. teen pregnancy and stuff like that. So it's possible that she had children in high school as well i have no idea uh, still though yeah let's say i mean say i have no idea 20. whatever yeah whatever so uh cassie had two kids from her previous marriage cassie's mom did not support them being together uh so what happened was uh anna and cassie would spend a lot of time at their friend liz's house so elizabeth is one of the elizabeth ramirez is someone we talked about earlier mm-hmm. um elizabeth had two nieces i'm just gonna throw that out there originally um and so that's how like the three of them kind of got got together was the two of them Play would dates. hang out hang out at liz's house uh you know that's the start there and then christy was staying with liz uh who was pregnant so liz was pregnant at the time and christy was staying with them as like a stay in like oh let me help you around the house all this stuff because liz had a man originally like a father that was pr- that caused her pregnancy um and then like he was not really in the picture so christy was like helping out um, and so then Christy and Liz started dating for a bit of time. Uh, so then it was like four lesbians all together. So we've got I love Chris- that. Christy, Liz, Anna, and Cassie, like all together. So a little bit about Liz. She grew up in the projects of San Antonio. Her mom was like a housekeeper kind of thing. Um, and so she met Anna while she was in high school. Um, and then she had just found out that she was pregnant when her sister's ex-husband came by. Her sister's ex-husband came by. Mm-hmm. Um, his and name she's is pregnant? Javier, yes. Uh, he offered to marry her and take care of her while she was pregnant. 
um, you know, like I'll take care of you, take care of the kids, all this other stuff. And she was like, no, like the, the child right. has a daddy, like whatever I'm dating a woman, like everything's fine. Like whatever. Like, I don't need your help. Like he just thought he was entitled to be like, I'll come in here and like, I'll take care of you. Be the man. Yeah, exactly. I'll, I'll take care of you. I'll show you what's happening. Um, he had gotten custody of her nieces. So her sister's children, he had gotten custody of. So her, her nieces, he has control of her nieces. Is her um, sister a deadbeat or something? I don't know. I it didn't, the documentary didn't talk about that. And hmm. like there, the internet almost had nothing about this whole situation. It was all the documentary. So I watched the documentary while I was at work. Today. That's the problem <laughs> I had. That book is the only resource I have. Yeah, exactly. So you can't Google anything else. So, um, and so then he was like, okay, well, the girls want to stay with you. Like, the, the nieces want to stay with you. Like, they want to hang out, you know, whatever. Um, uh, he was – oh, so she, while she was still in high school and after, like, the – no, while he was still with her sister, he was, like, coming on to her and, like, sending her, like, love letters and, like, the stuff. The sister or the – The uh, original. Liz. 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 He was – yeah, he was sending letters to Liz, um, like, while he was still with her sister. Um and, like, they were signed with his name and you know, all this other stuff. So those letters will come up again in a second. So I just wanted to, to note that because that was not really mentioned at the beginning of the story. And they came back again. I was like, oh, that's important. Um, so after a week of the nieces staying with her, uh, allegations suddenly popped up um, that there were four women that had gang raped these two little girls over a period of two days. These little girls are 10 and 8. Gang raped them? Gang raped. So all four of them. So remember, like I said, they're all four hanging out together. They were all having a good time, like they're, you know, best buds. And they four lesbian women had gang raped these two little girls. This seems like it's trying to get at home of Yeah. Be on homo people's homophobic tendencies. Thank you. So let's keep going here. Um so Anna got a phone call just randomly from a homicide detective um that these two children were accusing them of, of gang rape. Um Liz also got the same heavy accusations and uh, threatened to take away her unborn child um, that like if she didn't cooperate. It's like uh, so like these these uh, attorneys like the DAs and you know, stuff like it was like this is what's fucking happened to you. What are you going to do about it? And they were like, I didn't do anything like the, the entire time throughout this entire story. They were very like, what are you talking about? This has not happened. I don't know why you're like they were trying to play not trying to play. They did play the good guys the entire time. That was like you tell the truth and good things will happen to you like the entire time. So they're like, we didn't do that. We didn't do that. We didn't do that. Like that's not a thing. So they were just very like non-confrontational, non like, um, ang they weren't Ar angry about exactly the entire process. They were not angry. They were not argumentative the entire time. So, um, three days, they said three days, but I don't know if that's true. Three days after giving birth, Liz was arrested, but then also they mentioned later that it was a year after, she that well no i think it was, she was arrested three years after and then she was sent to jail a year after she gave birth so her child was a, a year old when she was officially like sent to jail um and all four of them cooperated fully like i said they were like okay take us in like nothing happened but you know see what happens it's fine um so i have this quote here that said their lawyer anna's lawyer basically said no one wants to go against a child said you you're going to lose, but I'll help you get do this fight. Like no matter what you're going against a child and no matter what jury you end up having, you're going to lose, but I'll help you. Like that was what her lawyer told her. Like mm. how pitiful is that? Like 
even though you're completely innocent of these crimes, we're going to talk to you. We're going to help you, but you're going to lose. Just letting you know. And kids lie. Especially 8 and 10. Yeah. They're influenced by their parents. Thank you. Okay, so moving on. Um, we'll get there. <laughs> so, um, so the courts had a long time finding issues uh, with the jurors because they were having troubles trying to – They were Chubbles. Tr- I'm in Chubbles. What? I'm in Chubbles. They were having Chubbles trying to find a jury that was not homophobic, especially in, like, San Antonio in the late 90s. Like, it was just not happening. Um with some of the their jurors that they ended up choo- choosing saying that their lifestyle made them uncomfortable. So, like, even though... The ones they chose? The ones they chose made them uncomfortable. The prosecution gets to choose the jury. Thank you. So, so this bitch is not paying attention. She doesn't care what her so, defendant is trying to so do. So much problems. So much trouble. So many problems. They had so much so troubles. So much troubles. Trying to find a jury that was not homophobic... That they ended up still choosing people that were so homophobic. So it's the prosecution's fault. Well, the prosecution and the defendants get to choose evenly, don't they? Um, as far as what I'm aware, I think it's the prosecution only that gets to choose the jury. Well, then the prosecution won. The prosecution was the, the we're talking about the defendants here. They, they both get to choose. They both get to choose. Yeah. So they they were having trebles the entire time. Trebles. They having trebles. Um. So the trebles. We have to tell the backstory on Chubbles. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Kendall mispronounces trouble all the time. When he's a little tipsy and has... Uh, well, he stays in Chubbles. Chubbles, so always. It's just what he says when somebody's like... Ugh. Kendall. And he's like, oh my God, am I in Chubbles? Yeah, exactly. So he's like, oh no, I'm in Chubbles. <laughs> Where's Kendall from? From? Louisiana. Alexandria, Louisiana. Our sister podcast. Oh, our sister podcast. Let's, Let's talk, talk about, about gay stuff. stuff. Boop, 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 That's where boop. I was going with it. Thank you, Thomas, for helping lead Spencer the way. <laughs> I was like, oh, he's from, he's from Louisiana. Louisiana. What are you talking said. about? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's not wrong. Because <laughs> that's why I brought that. I was like, let's tell the backstory of travel so we have a, a, a Okay, everybody's just it's against fine. me that's on fine. the podcast. We just Whatever. hate you. It's fine. We hate you today. Um... I'm in Chubbles today. Welcome to my <laughs> podcast. <laughs> uh, Hi, this is Spencer. <laughs> Hi, Spencer. <laughs> um, so we're, fuck, <laughs> lost track of So Gordon, They've got trouble uh, on the yeah. jury. So with some of them saying their lifestyle made them uncomfortable. So the DA brought it up and it was like, um, this is, the, right. the, the, the DA was like, you guys are all gay. Like you all, y'all are all lesbians, and y'all that gay? was not y'all gay. Y'all that gay was together? not <laughs> that was not supposed to be something that came up at all. That like that was not going to be a factor. But we'll find out that that became the main factor of this entire thing. Um, so the children testified uh, in the court, saying that they uh, that the four women had inserted things into them, like syringes, hashtag not hashtag. What's the <laughs> fuck? Uh, Hash browns. Open open quotes. Uh, powder stuff in quotes and tampons that they had like forcibly injected these things inside of their vaginas, etc. There was mm-hmm. other things amongst that, but those were the three major things. Um, so mind you, they were syringes. They were, yes. So mind you, they were 10 and 12 at the time of these. Was there a rape kid done on the children? We're getting there. So the testimony was off the wall. The entire time the children were like, Oh, there's a gun. 
oh, there were three guns. Oh, wait, there was only two guns. Um, there was knives. There was a knife. There were three knives. There were so many inconsistencies, excuse me, throughout the entire time that nothing made any sense. Like, it was just off the wall. Like the, the kid's testimony did not make any sense. It was just back and forth the entire time. Like, what are you talking about? Like, whatever. But once again, like the attorney said, you're going against children, and the children are going to be believed. So, there was... Sounds liter- like they need a new lawyer. Literal, little to no evidence at Presented. all in the case. It was just a testimony of an adult, four adults versus two children that were saying this is what, what happened. Um, however... There was a medical examiner, Dr. Kellogg, uh, that came in. And of said, Kellogg's Frosted Flakes? No. Not, oh. not related, but yes. Um, that's how you spell it. That came in and said, oh, wait. There was this big thing that just came in about these children's hymen, their vaginas, that were studied. And there were inconsistencies with these girls' vaginas. Um, so, it was like, we're, we're comparing about, like, all these models of children's vaginas um and is that something people study yeah i fuck i don't know that's what whenever i read this and there was like drawings and stuff i was like this is disgusting um like whose children who's studying important yes but the the idea of studying this shit i was like oh girls don't go to see a like an obgyn until they're like 14 yeah i don't fucking know i was just like how are you studying these like little girls vagina like it just made me feel icky Yeah, that's true. We're not trying to get flagged for child <laughs> pornography. Um, no, they didn't. There was drawings, not pictures, Thomas, you nasty bitch. Um, we've got the peanut okay. gallery yelling at us. Um, so, so, these, so Dr. Kellogg was like, hey, these vaginas are not like other vaginas. <laughs> they were like, these children. <laughs> One of these things is not, not like, like the, the other. other. One of so, these things is gay. She said that they looking comparing against the model. She was like, "This looks like there was something that was inserted inside of them." Okay, okay. So she was like, "Um, but don't like they ah. don't little girls play with their stuff?" And thank you. They that was their own we'll get then? there as well. That's my theory as well. So um, she was like, "This is not matched like normal models." So I'm thinking this indicates uh, rape, sexual penetration. That's exactly. She was like, she was the sole deciding, like, definitely, like, definitely something was inserted in her vagina, like both their vaginas, like, simple as that. God she, tells the children not she to touch said, it at all, and not until the marriage. Yes. So she said that there was scars on the hymen that indicate that scars that healed like a scar on a hand, and that's not how a hymen heals. But we will get there. Um, so the entire case had just a ton ton of prejudice against these women because they were lesbians like hardcore that was the only reason like that this all this went down um like that's as simple as that point blank period i mean it makes no sense for any of the rest of this because they just kept on bringing up their lifestyle the entire time like i said this was not supposed to come out whatsoever this was supposed to be a defense case of these women versus these children that these things did not happen but yet every single time time and time again it came back that they were lesbians. So I have a direct quote that says, Question. Insertion of objects into the vagina is consistent with a gay sexual lesbian relationship, isn't it? No. Thank you. So I wrote and said, uh, oh, I'm sorry. Hold on. 
indicated their lifestyle was a cult. Oh, no, I'm sorry. That, that's later. Um, so my, I didn't write this down. I guess it was in my mind that I wrote it down. It didn't happen. Um, so I was like, um, insertion into a vagina is any person that has sex with a woman, a, a woman. woman, a woman ever. Any any person that has sex with women, you're puts stuff you put stuff in, in their there. vagina. That's consistent with anyone who's having sex with a woman. Yes. Like that's that question that that is a direct quote from the entire what they did. The answer from anyone should have been like that's normal sex. You stick a penis in a vagina if you're straight. You stick I don't know what vaginas do whenever they're lesbians. So like cucumber. <laughs> White claw cans. Stop. Um, anyway, anything cylindrical. I'm just talking about like when you're having sexual relation with someone, you're putting typically things inserting in the, things into the other person. The Regardless if it's a man versus man, man versus woman, woman versus man, woman versus woman, like this is all like in, there is in some sort of insertion. So why the fuck are they trying to put this like on the jurors saying like the prosecution saying like, oh, inserting these objects is definitely like a sexual lesbian relationship, isn't it? No, that's anyone's relationship. Shut the fuck up. Like, it didn't make any sense. So the entire time during out this, this court case, they started to indicate their lifestyle was cult-like and that these women were witches. And I was like, oh join God, our I bog wish. witch, Kevin. <laughs> <laughs> Please <laughs> invite me to be a witch. Yes, exactly. And I was like, what the fuck? So now all of a sudden, we not only have four lesbians, now, now we have four witches? lesbian witches. Like, what the fuck what is the this? Fuck? The 1600s? This role, thank you. The, Salem so Witch The trials. title of the documentary is called Southwest of Salem. So we'll get there. We're still getting there. We're still going on. Um, He's going to take so, pictures of me in this fucking highlight. I told you it was going to happen. You thought you were going to change. It did not happen, bitch. Um, so they kept on saying that this is. Quote, quote, unquote, this is what gay people do. And so that's when I was kind of talking about the whole idea of, like, um, are you serious about, like, gay people? Like, th- not just gay people, le- not just lesbians. Everyone inserts something into the other person. Like, if you are a penis sticking into a man's butthole or a penis sticking into a vagina or a vagina touching a vagina or fingers going to vagina, like, there are insertions. Like, it's happening. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I'm hitting things. Um those are things that are happening happening regardless. Like, I don't understand how you can relate those things and say that this is just a lesbian deviant, thing. deviant, not just lesbian thing, but a deviant sexual relationship. Like, that baffles me. So, end of page one. Let's keep going. <laughs> Flip. Flip. No, I already did. Um, so, now we get to the, uh, I guess, still kind of fun, but all of it's been fun. But now the fun part. So, I mean, the jury unanimously was like, you're all guilty. I don't know if fun is the word to describe this. Oh, well, it's fun. So we're still going. Um, so Liz was... Jerry said they're all guilty? Yes, all four. All four. So Liz was tried differently, and the other three were tried together. Um, Why is Liz tried differently? Because she was uh, the... With child. She No, she was the... Uh, caretaker. The caretaker. Yeah, she was... Because they were her nieces. Uh, so she was sentenced to 37 and a half years in jail while the others were offered a plea deal at first and all three of them denied. They were like, we they did know not they didn't fucking do, it. do anything. This is not, we're not going to like uh, admit to anything because none of this happened. 
So at like, the end of this, these people better get a fucking apology. We're still going with that. Um, so they were the other three were convicted and given 15 years for sexual assault of a child. 15 years in jail, all three of them. Um, so the entire trial was based on homophobia, as I discussed, uh, and no one would help them. So they had an appeals process of about two years. There was a, like a difference that they were not actually put in jail. Like so they, they appealed and they had like a two-year process. They were like, well, we're going to end up going to jail in two years if nothing happens. Um, so they were why like – cr- Why is their imprisonment deferred? Because they appealed it. So, but usually you wait for your appeals in jails. So I don't know how it worked, but they were still out. Oh, yeah, I don't okay. know. I didn't. I didn't. The documentary didn't discuss that. Sorry. Mm. All of this comes to the documentary, and I definitely encourage every single person listening to watch that documentary on Hulu because that's how I found it. Um, but yeah, no one went. So they reached out to a ton of people, and no, everyone was like, "You were going against a child. Like, there's no way you're gonna win. Like, goodbye." Um, so they were just like put out. They were still out on appeal. So they. But I'm sure if it was an older white man against a child. Yeah, they're like, oh, yeah, you're fine. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Who believes a kid? But like a lesbian Latina woman in the 90s? Nah. No. Bitch, you lying. Like, you're going to, yeah, you definitely did that to the children. Um, So then they decided to try and gather their own evidence. Um, There's like videos of them going to the old apartments that were apparently torn down, talking to old people who lived there and all this other stuff. And they all like, the walls were thin and, you know, the locks were super low because one of the testimonies was that the children one of the children could not reach the lock. And they're like, all the locks were like lower down than like waist levels. Like if you were two years old and could stand up, you could fucking reach it. Like that's not an excuse as a 10 and 12 year old. Um, So like, that's not the, the, it didn't add up essentially. Um, So then they decided to reach out to LGBT, LGBT, Q plus organizations. Uh, Oh, Kendall's going to be mad. I said plus. Uh, Do I have to list all the the letters? Um, uh, And so they they reached out to LGBT organizations uh, just because they they did not want to just be like, I'm going to blame it on, you know, lesbianism or anything like that. But they wanted to reach out and, and get help. They wanted others to hear their story and say, this was a case founded on homophobia. This is, you know, shit's fucked up. This is like much later than we ever expected, you know, during our gay rights movement kind of thing. Please help, help us kind really of thing. It is, because that's 1998. And, well, by then it's 2000. 2000 exactly. Almost 2000. Exactly. Hmm. Exactly. So by that point, I mean, you, you. this is a recent case. That's why I like this case a lot, because, like, you can see the amount of prejudice that still exists in our community today and against our community, community today that there are so many things that uh, a lot of people are just like, oh, it's because you're gay. It's because you're gay and just like write it off and like that's fine. Um, and if you want to learn more about gay rights and gay history, you should check out Let's, Let's talk, talk About, about Gay Stuff! <laughs> because they talk about all these things. Um, so yeah, they spent two years during the appeals process basically like saying their goodbyes to loved ones because they were like, I'm not going to see you in 16 fucking years. Like, yeah. I, I love you, but goodbye, essentially. Um so the reason for this, there's like been a lot of studies and a lot of people and a lot of individuals that have like looked into this uh, because apparently there was a huge uh, thing in the 80s and 90s, like early ni- like 80s and early 90s um, called the SRC, which stood for something like uh, satanic ritual scare or something like that. Oh, yes. 
it was a Satanic huge thing. panic. Yeah, the panic. It was a huge panic because there was this huge sensation that people were believing that there was an international satanic cult that was indoctrinating and in infiltrating daycares and preschools and elementary schools with uh, uh, Satanism sa- is a religion. It is, but they were. It, that's it's an identified religion that's not doing something like this. Like yeah. they are not going to school. The idea that behind it was so like. Uh, far because there's people that are scared because they're they go to church every Sunday and they're mm-hmm. taught this exactly and anybody who's gonna explain anything differently to what you've known for your entire you're, life you're is, scared is disgusting yeah. and you need to get away from them exactly people who are Satanists uh, one I'm not I might get some flack but I'm not entirely sure that it's like a full on religion mm-hmm. it just seems like people that are like because Satan was an angel that fell from heaven. He was the most pain- powerful angel. Mm-hmm. And they believe in, like, not getting double-crossed or something yeah. like that. And, and like, the, the idea that's behind... Not in total, that's not totally something that people should be against. Be against, exactly. I've actually looked into a lot of Satanism, too. Not because I believe in Satanism, but because I... Oh, I've... my God, <laughs> get out of my house. Because I've always been intrigued by their principles. And their principles are not anti-Christian. They are just not... In line with Christian values, they honestly Satan. Most of them are in line with Christian values. I'm sorry, not 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 in line with Christian values. What I mean is that they are um, very. Satanism is not bad. The way that they're not like you need to go out and like burn people's souls and like blah blah. Murder people like that's not how Satanism works. Exactly, do an upside down cross. Satanism is very much like treat others properly. And honestly, the way that Satanism holds itself is better than some people, some other Christians nowadays in U.S. the United States handle each other. I mean, Christianity is way different than what I feel like a lot of people proclaim it to be. Oh yeah, for sure. All the people that I mean, because I feel like I don't want to say that. I feel like there's a lot of Christianity. Not certain certain sects, not all sects. I don't want to. I don't want to generalize all of Christianity, but I feel like there are several sects in Christianity that are based on just hate, and I think Satanism is quite the opposite. I think Satanism is very much like embrace your brotherhood, embrace your love of others, and all that stuff. The like, first tenet of Christianity is love others and don't judge because you're saved by Jesus Christ. But how many people believe that? I mean, look at the amount of hate that we have in in America right now or across the world. Well, they're wrong. Mm -hmm. They're not celebrating Christianity. Exactly. But you look at Satanism, Satanism is, is very much a love of other people regardless. And so Satanism actually believes that stuff. So that's, surprising to me that we have this comparison between Christianity and Satanism and people are deeming Satanism as just this absolutely shitty thing. But it's like, they love each other and they're not killing fucking people like Christi- Christians are. Anyways, and regardless, these four girls are not Satanists anyway. Exactly. So that's not, that's besides the point. So, so this you're was just, just a, spreading a lies about yeah. shit for nothing. Thank you. Thank you. So, um, yeah. So basically this whole idea in the 1980s and 1990s uh, was that this sat- satanic cult had infiltrated young people and that like to a point that a, not a lot of people, almost all people believe that they were infiltrated that they had been uh, hypnotized and that at some point they were going to snap and they were going to kill people. Like, so that's what they believe that these lesbians had done to these children, that these children would end up snapping and killing people, like turning into like these satanic monsters that were just going to sacrifice people. Excuse me. Um, So scores of people were convicted. So across the United States, 
No, across the world, not just the United States. Scores of people were convicted on the exact same situation where there was little to absolutely, mostly no evidence that something had actually happened. Some sexual assault of a child had actually happened, and they were convicted. Mm-hmm. And a lot of it and had— And who's raping re- children? Priests. Exactly. Thank you. Uh, Catholic religion. Mm-hmm. Anyways. Uh, or Boy Scouts. Mm-mm-mm. Honey. Mm, honey. So. What do most gay p- people say? Children? Ew. Ew. Get gross. away from me. Get away from me. Ugh. Ugh. Um, so the most common defendants happened to be people who were either out gays or they were suspected of being gay. So. Spooky. There's more in that one behind it. Oh. Oh, discovered. We have red wine. Tony, you're a. In the clear right now. Chris saved you, right? That actually was from Tony. Was it? Yeah, he brought it for their last podcast. Oh, poor thing. At the house. He's still in trouble. He's in chubbles. 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 Um, so, yeah, the most common defendant were either out gay people or suspected gay people. And so these are people who worked in preschools or daycare students and stuff like that. And one of the first cases happened in the eight, 1980s of this like kid. He was 19 years old. He was this amazing daycare student that all the children loved him, that he was like an amazing person, and someone suspected of being gay. And they were like immediately like, you're gay, you're abusing our children, blah, blah, blah. And so they convicted him of this uh, sexual assault on children, and no one had ever like said anything about this, and he was put in jail. So hmm. crazy, right? Um, so... This was basically, quote unquote, the modern story of the witchcraft trials. So exactly what you said. That's what they call it the south, southwest of Salem because this is exactly the same situation. It's like there were people who were being hunted down because they were gay, because they they thought they were the, the satanic gays that were like our whole community was just a bunch of satanic people that were just out there to kill other people, trying to hurt other people and trying to destroy the straight communities and straight agenda and destroy Christianity. So Welcome. We have made it to the the idea of this whole story. So, whew, a lot of people were like, a lot of people started to revisit the testimonies after that they all got sent to jail. And they were like, well, no, this is right. Uh, so the whole testimony of the little girls sounds a lot like an imagination, like imagination and imagery. So a lot of it was like, we were walking down the halls and all this stuff. And like, I feel like a lot of like 10 year old girls would be like, he does me here. He does me here. Like it would not be like a, a full played out story. <laughs> I was playing with my unicorn stickers and, and I, I put one on the, the door. Yeah, exactly. So, um, so one interviewee who happened to be Michelle Mondo, a reporter from the SA Express News. Um, so San Antonio Express News. She is a, obviously a well well known reporter. She revisited the story and she says. Honestly, listening to this entire thing sounded like if you replaced the entire story with a man instead of a child, it sounded like a porn movie, a poorly played porn movie uh, where it was a man's version of what women do in their spare time. Like, that's what the testimony of the children sounded like. Um, So this man named Daryl Otto, a research scientist in Canada, found the story. So it took this research scientist in Canada to get the balls moving on, I'm sorry, the wheels moving, whatever. The balls rolling on this entire, wheels rolling, all of it. Rolling on this story uh, because he was like, none of this makes any sense. Are you kidding me? Like, this was in 2005, I believe. So this is five years after they got actually sent to jail. 
um, that he was like, uh, what? What? None of this makes any sense. So he did like a lot of research and he like researched a lot of these different things. And he was like, most of the time sexual assault is committed by women 5% of the time. And of those, most of it is either, either by teachers like te- they call he called them teacher lovers which are like teachers that somehow became infatuated with like certain students or these women were mental like mentally uh like mental illness and stuff like that and so he was like uh these women seem perfectly fine uh there was four of them and they all live normal lives so this is a standout case so he was like let's look into this because i don't understand so the more he looked into it he said I don't understand how did it get past the media, oh sorry, media, the jurors, the appeals process, and the defense lawyers. Everyone looked at these cases and said, yeah, this is fine, they're in jail. Everyone, all, like, across all walks of the judiciary judiciary system said, yeah, these women deserve to be in jail. And he was like, here I am, this research scientist in a fucking other country, said, "Mm, wow, well, no. Um, so this then he, is not normal. Exactly. So he brought it up to the Innocence Project of Texas, which is apparently based in Lubbock, and it's this huge organization that is like, they have cases upon cases upon cases of people who are like, I'm innocent, I'm innocent, I'm innocent. And they go beyond just like being the easy cases where it's like, oh, well, there's DNA evidence. Is there DNA evidence against them? If not, they're, you know, they're good. So these are all cases that are like, we don't have any other evidence. We don't know what the fuck is happening. So let's look into us. And they have so many fucking cases. They like walk in the documentary. They walk through their like area and he just walks through and like, these are all cases. All these bins are full of people who are wrongly accused or believe that they're wrongly accused. And we're just trying to figure it out. So Daryl Otto brought up to them and was like, Let's look further into this. Let's talk about gay stuff. Let's um, talk about gay stuff. So they, um, so basically, a lot of these cases that are documented in the Innocence Project of Texas are um, very consistent with a lot of racial and homophobic biases. I mean, it's it's just beyond this. They said a lot of the easy cases are taken and just like they're gone already. The ones that are still there are basically like blacks, Latinos, Latinas, uh, uh, homophobia, like all of it just like combines like these people put these people in jail just because they were afraid of who they were as a different. One of the cases they brought up was a case that happened. I actually remember this. I don't remember when it was, but there was a case that there was a drug bust of like 38 people and all but like three of them, I believe, were black Um, and there was no drugs found. There was nothing. It was a drug bust. And they were like, there's no drugs in any of the houses of any of these people, but they were all in jail. Yep. And so they was like, why are they in jail? There's no evidence. There's literally no evidence. And all 37 of these people are in, or 38 of these people are in jail. That the makes, police said it happened. Exactly. So now we move on to August 4th of 2012. So this is 12 years after they were sentenced to jail. No, 14 years after they were sentenced, uh, 12 years that they were in jail. 2012? 2012. Okay. That was two days before my 22nd birthday. Yes. Um, so Stephanie Limon, which was one of the children that was testifying back in the nine, like late 90s. Please say she said she lied. She came forward. Thank God. She recanted her statement. So, and how uh, old is she? She So she was one – of, one of them was 10 and one of them was 12. So uh, now 12 years later, she's 22 two. or 24. I don't remember which one she was. I'm sorry. No, 20 or but, 22. 8 or 10 in 1998. Oh, sorry. You're right. Okay. Still. No, no, 1998. They so, were 8 or 10. 
It's 2012. So then it was, oh, yeah, you're yeah, right, yeah. 22 or 24. Exactly. Girl, yeah. it took you that fucking long? Thank you. You have an aunt that's in jail and also three other people that are in jail. Because you lied. Because you lied. You stupid Thank bitch. Thank you. Thank you. You could have told people at fucking Thank 14. You. Thank you. So, um, so she came forward and was like, hey, I'm recanting my statement. Uh, she said that uh, the grandma sat them down uh, and saw – so she, the grandma saw them playing with Barbies while they were naked – and like you know, playing with them in you know different private parks as you, you, young children do. I did that with Ken. You know, I was like, oh, I look at, like, waited a, for yeah. that Ken doll. Yeah, exactly. So like, I mean, you look at those things. So the grandma sat them down after seeing that and was like, "Why do you know about this stuff? Like, I don't understand why you know about that." And so then she started to threaten them, um, and it was like. Uh, someone put it in your heads that this is a thing that you're allowed to do. Like, this is not allowed, blah, blah, blah. And so then the dad caught wind of it. His name is Javier Limon. Um, and he threatened them and basically was like, if you don't tell us what happened, we're going to, you're going to get someone, they're going to take you away. You're not going to allow to live here anymore. And you know, you won't see your family anymore. And you know, blah, blah, blah. So the grandma and the dad were like threatening him like crazy to like make these statements. And so essentially they were like, well, eight and 10, they were someone, like, sure. Whatever. Yeah, exactly. So then they just like lied about something. And, and so that they never mentioned that the dad put it in their head, but that's what we assume. We can assume that that's exactly what happened. That the dad put it in their heads. Dad that, and grandma go to jail. Dad, what? Dad and grandma go to jail. No, we're not there. No, no. The answer is no. Um, so we can only assume that the dad put them like was like, oh, your aunt probably did it. You know, blah blah blah. So. Uh, remember, because remember the dad, Javier was the one who was hitting on Liz and trying to get with Liz when she was in high school and she was not having it. Um, so Anna in 2013 ended up being granted parole before the others. Um, so Anna's the aunt. No, and Liz is the aunt. Liz is the aunt. Anna is the girl who was in a relationship with her. With Cassie. With, not with, okay. with uh, Liz. Yeah, I'm sorry. There's a there's a bunch of names. Yeah. So she was with Cassie. Anna, I don't... They didn't explain why she got parole. I don't know why. Um, she spent some time in uh, solitary confinement because she refused to be in... Um, they tried to do this program that was like, oh, like recovering sexual predators or something like that. And she's like... I'm not, I'm not a fucking a sexual, sexual predator. predator. And she refused, and she refused to go to any of the classes, so they were like, you're going to solitary confinement. And so she ended up getting so, like, I mean, she cooperated for the most part. Um, the only one who really didn't was, I think it was Liz. She ended up having, like, bad behavior and stuff like that because she was acting out. She was like, I didn't fucking do this. I don't deserve to be here. So she well, was, she didn't. you know, pissed. I know, exactly. So her anger was definitely understood. Um, and so Anna ended up getting released in 2013 um, and watching the video of her come out of jail brought me to tears like because imagine being put in jail in 2000 and then coming out of jail in 2013 not knowing anything about technology or the world um she started to have a a freak out are their parents and all this uh, they're still in – so the, there wasn't much description, but they had several interviews with the parents. But the entire time, the parents were like, they didn't do this. They didn't do this. They were okay. very, like, huge support. They were visiting them in the prisons and, you know, all this stuff. So, like, the parents were very supportive. The children were very supportive too, which was also very positive because, uh, like I said, what was it? Cassie had two children? Yes, Cassie had two children. So Cassie's children visited her in jail as well. Um and so she got to see them grow up, but she didn't get to be there with them. Um, 
And so, uh, so Anna got out. The part that made me start to tear up was she started to have like, not like a panic attack, but she was like, what the fuck is that? It was a router for Wi-Fi. She had no idea because Wi-Fi wasn't existing in 2000. Like before she went into jail, that does not exist. So 13 years later, she didn't know what cell phones were. Well, in 2000, people didn't those. really even have internet. Not, exactly. Not every American exactly. household had it. Exactly. And so being able to understand what Wi-Fi was just floating around us, like that's all – like you were in jail, didn't know any of this happening. Like that's what like brought me to tears was like the realization of like you don't see – You missed everything. You missed everything. For 13 years, everything is gone. Um, so – uh, they decided to, this one woman, I don't remember what her name was, but she was only briefly in the documentary. She decided to, she was like, mm, I want to interview people. So she started interviewing Javier Limon and his mother, um, and found out they had very differing stories. Uh, so like I mentioned previously that the girls had talked about tampons being inserted in their vaginas, uh, like forcibly. They asked about, they asked the mother about it and the mother was like, no one ever told me about like that wasn't a thing that was ever yeah because once they went to jail she was like don't need to remember this story yeah exactly it's gone exactly so like oh someone told me about that and 16 years later it doesn't matter to me anymore um so she so i said they had different stories about how the girls had told them about it um javier claims to have uh, oh this is my favorite javier was like what are you talking about letter letters to liz i didn't write any letters to liz she has physical proof that he wrote like love letters to her Throughout his time of like trying to pursue her, it was like signed by Javier, and he's like, "I didn't write any letters. Like that's fucking made up, whatever." So like his infatuation with her was like clearly documented. Like he was obsessed with her and would like not leave her alone, and it was not reciprocated at all. So we're coming to the point of new forensics decided to, uh, decided to come out. New forensics came out um, that would be could be used against the testimony. So in 2013, Texas passed a law that said if there's any, like, uh, it was new forensic stuff, if there's any new DNA evidence, or I'm sorry, any new DNA technologies or uh, anything else, you can challenge the the original. appeal, or the original uh, trial, essentially. Um, so they were like, sign me up, bitch. Let's do it. Um, so especially to go against, like, Dr. Kellogg's, the pedi- pediatrician, the medical examiners, um, they were all like, this is inaccurate. So Dr. Kellogg revisited it, and she basically recanted her statement as well and said, Fucking oh, bitch. Exactly. So she was like, oh, yeah, well, the hymen doesn't heal like a human hand, and we've learned that recently, like in the past 12 years, that like that's not how it works, but like that's what I saw whenever I was there. You trash. Exactly. Um, so the girls actually showed no signs of trauma at all like looking at back at like all the examinations there was actually no signs of trauma no signs of injury like or no real signs of penetration and rape essentially um so on november 18th of 2013 they were all released so 13 years later they were all released and liz was 16 years later because she was sentenced immediately they had two years of appeal process um so liz was in there for 16 years they were in there for 13 years of their 15 year sentence already um and in the documentary i cried because <laughs> this was emotional they immediately came out they all came out holding hands together all three of them or actually all four of them because anna went back in with them to come back out um all four of them came out uh i was crying 
in the middle of the office. The door was locked, luckily, so no one was coming in while I was crying. Um, I'd have left the door unlocked. <laughs> crying about lesbians. What do I do? Get out of here! <laughs> um, and, uh, oh boy, like, seeing them, like, the, the mothers shaking and crying and, like, like come here, my so baby is, like... angry. Because they, they have only been able to talk about a cross-up partition. They have not been able to touch each other, like, the for entire... Years. Distance, for 13 years. So, now you're, as a mother, you're able to hug your child again, or as a child, you're able to hug your mother again. Like, I just can't... Like, imagine me taking away from your mother at the age of 18 and not being able to see her again until you're 37. Like, Yeah. Exactly. I would throw up every day. Yeah. So, uh, I don't know. It just, that, that it brought me to tears. I was crying. I didn't write any notes during this because there was not much to write besides seeing the emotional process of it. Um, so then they started their appeal process for exoneration. Because uh, they were like, well, everyone came forward. Or one of the girls came forward. Uh, the medical examiner said, this is wrong. Uh, you know, I said the wrong statements. So they were like, let's work this out. What's about, what did the other girl say? The other little girl. She never said anything. She refused to say anything. Then that's what Stephanie in her statements was like. She'll never say anything. You you can hear it on the, the documentary. She was like, it's never going to happen. She's never going to recant her statement. So I'm the one who's going to come forward. And I'm going to say something. So, yeah. Um, so the appeal of exoneration faced a, a lot of new science and the testimony from Del, uh, Dr. Kellogg. Um, so the defense referred to the naivety of believing that the – that. Uh, just because they are lesbians, that they are also sex offenders. Which I read a little side note that was like, there are so many people out there now in 2019, almost 2020, so this is 20 years after this whole case, that people just associate gays with being serial killers or pedophiles, pedophiles. or necrophiliacs or deviant sex beings. Like, that is not an association that you can do. That is not a thing. Like, if you know a gay person, you know for a fact that 99.9999% of those people are going to be normal fucking people. You can't just assume that every single person is a Jeffrey Dahmer. You can't assume every single person is going to be a Ted Bundy. You can't assume every single person... Ted Bundy was a straight person. Oh, okay. Sorry. 90... I'm just saying serial killer names. Yeah. Uh, Dean Coral. Sorry. The gay population is... What, like 9% of the hetero typically a nine, population? Nine, 9 to 10% of the population. The chance the that a gay person is... Um, some sort of a serial rapist or killer is astronomically smaller, astronomically smaller than mm-hmm. that of a straight person. So yeah. it's ridiculous to suggest that I just because you're gay fucking Catholic church, like how many people are out there like abusing children that we have now found out about or have yet to find out about that, or the boy scouts of America that would the let's talk about or fucking Jeffrey about. Epstein Thank and all you. of his bastards that are in the high up Thank of the government you. that are exactly. out there raping These are a all bunch of married children men or you know, not married men, people who are devi- or, I'm sorry, married, uh, not married, just doesn't fucking matter. men, men, exactly. Or women. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Um, I don't know. I just, imagine that the population of women who commit those crimes is still probably higher than the co- population of gay people that commit those oh crimes. Oh, yeah, for sure. I, I would actually 100% believe that as well. Because like I said, it was five. They the study said 5% of women commit sexual crimes. So I can imagine that gay people is much smaller than that, honestly. Because the people that do commit those crimes are straight men or married men that have then done something to a little boy or little girl which is not associated with being homosexual. That is being a nasty person, like point blank period. Um, So that was my little side thing that I had to get angry about for a second. 
Um, so this is also something that really pissed me off was that the judge was like, yeah, the judge is a, the judge of the exoneration trial was the same judge that judged him the first it. time. Uh, and he said, yeah, they probably need new trial. that you can hear it on the documentary. He has this thick Southern accent from he San like Antonio, you. Texas. And was like, man, they probably need some dang thing. Yeah, them dang them, 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 and said, at the time, she was dealing with science that she had known. But now it's been proven differently. So he... The prosecution will seek out whatever mm-hmm. uh, doctor that agrees with them. Yep. They don't agree with them, on to the next, next one. one. Exactly. Find one that agrees with them. Exactly. They could have picked the shittiest fucking pediatrician in fucking town. Exactly. And I'm sure she was... And I'm sure she does not work anymore because people realize After that this, she's shit. After this, ran her out of the fucking town. Like, Jesus Christ, she should be gone. She Remarry, get a different name, like, change your identity, like, gone. Change your fucking name. I don't exactly. care. You're never you going to get hip again. Because you just four people to jail for 13 years, 16 and 13 years, uh, innocent, that did not do anything. Um, and so uh, he continued to say, but, wait, there's always a but. So he said they deserve a new trial, but... Proof of actual innocent falls short of the mark. So he did not believe that they are were that they were actually innocent. And so he The US judicial system is you are innocent and you are proven guilty beyond a doubt. He said the opposite. He this said that they were guilty. Said, there was significant doubts that they were not correct. No. There the was U.S. judicial system innocent. has to say that you are 100% guilty. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, they are not going to convict That's you. That's what he said. I think you're innocent, but you didn't hit that point of being innocent. So he sent it to the if next level. If there's a shadow in your mind that they're innocent, they're innocent. Yeah. So he sent it to the next level and was like, okay, I can't decide Trash. This. So Is he, he still working? I have no idea. What's I didn't his look, name? Uh, I didn't write the name down, but it's in the documentary. So we can we can watch that later. <laughs> um, because that, that documentary is very powerful. Um and uh, so it fell short of the mark. And so then he was like, okay, well, I'll move it up to the, ne- the next uh, appeal, the Court of Appeals. Uh, the, the Court of Appeals unanimously agreed and said, uh, 2016, so this is now 18 years after the original trial, said, you guys are actually innocent. So I didn't write this down, but Anna got, uh, so when she came out and uh, got released in 2013, she had to be a registered sex offender. She could not go to HEB without being away from, 100 feet away from a child. She had to full, have a full itinerary and like knew, it had to go exactly where she was going and they watched the cameras on HEB to make sure she was going where she was going. Like all this shit. So, like, she was a full-on, like, sex offender that she was not allowed to, like, do anything. And so, in 2016, they finally ex- – November 23rd, 2016, they uh, declared them all actually innocent and exonerated them of all crimes. Um, so, exonerated them of all felonies. District Judge Catherine torres Stahl. No, it was a man. Oh, that's the one that, the, that revoked it. Yeah. Go on. Uh, anyways, so they uh, exonerated all felonies, all convictions were dropped, and they were given by the state of Texas, or offered, I don't know if they were given, uh, they were offered $80,000 uh, from the state for each year that they were imprisoned as, like, reparations, essentially. $80,000 for 80- 13 years? No, $80,000 80, times 13. Yes, exactly. 
So, Still. I mean, we're looking at over a million dollars each person. But, I mean, you lost 15 years, basically, of your fucking life. Now gone. Uh, Cassie had two children 1. that were young. Million. Yes. So, you now have a million dollars, but you lost 15 years with all your children. They're all in high school now or in college now. Um, your 15 years of your life is gone. For nothing. For nothing. For, for, for something some you lying did not commit. fucking bastard exactly. children. And some lying fucking witch doctor mm-hmm. and some bastard judge. And some man that said that put it in these children's heads. Yes. He needs to go to jail and so does the grandmother. Thank you. I hope she's dead. No. She don't is say no, that. don't say that. That's 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 an evil to put out there. But yeah. I hope she, she's gotten what's come to her. Yes. She is she is still out there and alive, I believe, because they read the this documentary was filmed in two thousand sixteen. I hope she had to watch it and feel horrible. So this was this was recorded, I believe, uh, in April of twenty. No, it was released in April of twenty sixteen, which it actually played a large factor in their exoneration trial because there was a huge public outcry that was like, "This is fucked up." Because this documentary won nine awards. It was released at like Sundance. Um, it went around and won like a Peabody Award and like all these like little documentary awards. This documentary is very powerful. Like, I mean, I watched it was an, an hour and a half long. It's called Southwest of Salem. I encourage everyone to watch it because this is a very powerful uh, documentary. Like, this is probably one of my favorite things to research because I actually watched a documentary about what I was researching um, and seeing these women talk about their case and seeing their mothers, seeing their families. Like, this was a very powerful case to see four innocent women um, that were sentenced to jail without uh, any a evidence. Trial. Exactly. It was just a, it was a witch trial. That's all it was was a modern day witch trial. We wanted to blame someone for something and send these gay people that were deviant, uh, not even deviant, these people who were different than us, to jail. Like, I mean, as simple as that. I mean, it just, like, opened your mind to all sorts of, like, homophobic biases and racial biases and just, like, the, the fact that, like, there's so many people out to get us on the LGBT community. There's so many people out to get the Latino community. There's so many people out there trying to get the black community. Like, they just want, because you're different, they just want to send you to jail and say, we don't like you because you're different. Yeah. So, Yeah. It's powerful. It was very powerful. So I recommend all of our listeners to watch the Southwest of Salem documentary. It's on Hulu. Um, they did not have it on Netflix. I had to log into my Hulu account for the first time in ever. So <laughs> Why are you yeah. paying for it if you're not logging in? I pay for Spotify, and I get it for free through Spotify. Oh. So if you're a Spotify customer and also pay for Hulu, you're also getting chipped off. So <laughs> just throwing that out there. That's important <gasps> to know. Yeah, it is. Yeah, because I like hadn't signed up for Hulu, and then Spotify was suddenly like, well... <laughs> Then you want to go watch this you thing? Want, you want to watch it? Because they were offering it for a while for like, oh, you have Spotify, you can get Hulu for four ninety nine. I was like, mm, no. And then all of a sudden they were like, well, now it's free. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you didn't like that? Okay, okay. Well, have it anyway. <laughs> Here's for free. So I pay ten dollars a month for Spotify and Hulu. So we're both green. Yeah, Listen that, to us. Kind of together. Uh, so that's how it worked. Uh, but yeah, I just logged into Hulu and was like, mm, okay, I guess I'll. Because I, I Googled it, everyone's like trying to find like illegal sources to buy it. Oh, I shouldn't say it in the podcast. <laughs> buy legal legal sources to, to be able to attain I was media. To find you wouldn't download a car. No, I would not. That's not. That's weird. Uh, I was trying to find a source to find the uh, video. I would 100% download a car. Yeah. Same. It's like, vroom, vroom, bitch. Vroom, vroom. <laughs> Turn your computer into like a transformer. <laughs> I will 3D print that bitch. Vroom, vroom. Um, so yeah, it was just, it, it was a good, definitely a good documentary to watch. And now it's made me very intrigued to watch more documentaries. Like, 
uh, making a murder and you know all that stuff because I, those were all things I was like mm, watch nah, the John Bonet ones girl no, yeah now, I need to go back oh can we talk about our 20th episode do you want to talk about it now you want to start talking about it because we're at 16 now let's give them one word of what we're gonna do um what's the one word recap recap yeah Recap. But do we get? Are we gonna let them vote? Or are we gonna just decide? Yeah, sure. Vote. Okay. 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 So I feel like so we should get a So this is episode like yeah. fourteen. This is sixteen. Six. Sixteen. This is episode sixteen. So if we're going to twenty. I feel like we should probably get like a couple of weeks in advance to allow our listeners to start voting for things. So if there's a uh, topic that we've talked about that you'd like to hear more about, specifically John Bonet. Uh, please let us know. Because <laughs> I think a, Spencer and I have already decided, but we also like our. Um, I feel like I just need to do John Bonet again because there's just it's so fucking much. Yeah, there's so much there. Yeah. that I want to do John Bonet again. But also, but I, like, I go ahead and like vote. I, I have to go back and like re-listen to the episodes that like we want to do or our listeners want to do. So I'm like, what did I not talk about? And like, what can I revisit and can like readdress essentially? So, I will do anything. So just let us know what, I mean, it has to be, well, I guess it, it could be one where I revisit yours and you revisit mine. Ooh, that would be a plot twist. I like that. Okay. So listeners. Oh, I like that. I didn't even think about that. Let's so go. first off, let's vote now as whether you want me to do my own and Chris to do his or if you want us to switch. Yes. So and then the next we'll, week, that's the idea. And then for the next two weeks, we're going to vote on what, what topics, topics we want us to, to do. We have ideas of what we want to do, and we probably already know those topics because we already talk about them all the time. I want us to switch, and I want Chris to do JonBenet, so make that happen. <laughs> you want to do Jeffrey Dahmer? I'll do Jeffrey okay. Dahmer, yeah. <laughs> so those are the, the front runners right now because you have our opinions. But if you have other options that you think that we should revisit, please let us know at rspoopypodcast.com. That's our spoopy podcast at Instagram. And our spoopy at Twitter. And our spoop at Facebook. And you can also email us at our spoopy podcast at gmail.com. <laughs> wow. Well, that was a good episode. I know. That's that's... Power. We were both very uh, adamant about our topics. I yes. liked it. That was good. We've been recording for three hours. Nuh uh. Yeah. Well, not on this one. Plus. plus oh, Rupee. I was like, Rupee. what the fuck? <laughs> How did we get this longer than when Savannah was here? <laughs> I don't fucking know, but. <laughs> We need to wrap it up. If yeah, no, that's I need good. to make this into two episodes. No, I liked it. Okay. So um, don't forget to subscribe. Uh, we also gave you just those things just a minute ago. Uh, oh, and we got a review on uh, Apple Podcasts or whatever it's called, our iTunes or Apple Podcasts. Or I don't mm-hmm. know what it's called now. So thank you, Dusty, for that. If Thanks, you guys Dusty. listen through uh, iTunes or whatever, uh, please go rate Drop us. Drop us a review. Yes, please, because uh, that helps us like reach out to more audience and uh, helps us to get more spoop on with all of our listeners. Because it is spoopy season. Yes, exactly. We are getting so close to spoop. Spoop Oh, I'm touching the table again. We're getting so close to spoopy season, and we need as many people to be scared with us as possible. So please like, subscribe, and send it to all of your friends. Uh, Retweet all of our shit. Please like all our Facebook posts. Please like all our Instagram posts. Like everything you can do. Comment on everything. Like please do just spam us because we love it. We love the attention because we are two attention starved homosexuals and the community of houston that we're just- i haven't talked in long enough so i need to talk right now and then <laughs> okay. you okay keep going okay. <laughs> he talked okay so basically please help us uh, get more attention and just like help us spread spoopy season across the board and i also think that you should always remember to get, get spoopy, spoopy with it, with it. <laughs>